Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Encanto and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain? We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back. We have another wonderful episode for you, and we have a great guest with us today. Yeah, today we have uh, my friend Tash from high school, a million, million years ago when we were <laughs> in high school. Her. Were you? So you're the same year. Yes. Oh, okay. We were we were flat out in classes together. Um, we're, I remember. Is it Miss Lily? What was her name? That it was at her class. For- uh, I think it's that because she looked like Lily Tomlin to me. I don't remember if that was her name, and it just yes. Stuck there. Was it um, was it the theory of knowledge class? Yes, with Lily. Yes, yes. And then we had um, oh gosh, I can't remember our English teacher. Was it Miss Biggs or Miss Farrell? Yes, it was Miss Biggs. <laughs> I was wondering if it was Miss Farrell because I talked to you about Miss Farrell a lot. She's the one who was having a child. You talked to me about Miss Biggs a lot too. Well, yeah, because you had a crush on Miss Biggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. First that's off, because that's weird. Yeah, people have mentioned her to you about me, like, like your family. Like it's not just, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. my sister like started working with her, and Miss Biggs put together that we were brother and sister, and she's like, "How's Ryan doing?" And then told her my sister. My sister is like, "You know, I work with Miss Biggs now." And I go, "Hey, you tell her I'm a married man. She had her chance. It's over. <laughs> like, it's it's over." But Miss Farrell was the one who was having the baby. Oh, and was yeah. like trying to get people to touch her belly when Which it was kicking so and then weird. like kind of turned the class against me in a weird way like haha funny but still like ryan won't touch my belly and i'm like it's completely I, like i think i could have a case now if i was like <laughs> my teacher kept trying to get me to touch her belly like it's it like no yeah, you can't just weird. do that it's weird she was really like overly sherry about her pregnancy in like medical ways this is a weird way to start this episode but we're doing it anyway um and like like she talked about like medical stuff that i was like not prepared to be talking about in high school in an english class not a health class an english class and then like got everyone to kind of laugh at me how uncomfortable it made me and i I was like it's different if like kids were like specifically asking questions and if she felt comfortable answering i still think that's oversharing even if you feel comfortable answering those questions but then like just Offering up that information, I think, is weird. You weren't in that class with me. I don't think so. I did have her my senior year. Yes. But I don't think we were in the same class. I think, yeah, I think there were two classes that were like yeah. the senior English. I feel but, like yeah. probably because you have so many. I graduated with 295 students and you guys graduated with thousands of kids. I <laughs> I tell a story about yeah. meeting the girl who sat next to me in at graduation, like at graduation. I don't remember her name, but it was like the first time. I, I'm like, hi, I'm Ryan, and that yeah. is so That's bizarre so to weird you. to me. I work right now. I work with someone that graduated with us, and, and you, I had no idea who she was, and she didn't know me. And it's just, it's crazy. Ev- every so, once in a while, it's so wild to me, just yeah. because I had the complete opposite experience in high school, yeah. and in general, like I grew up in New Jersey, but like we don't have. 
we don't have like the schools that you guys have in the population, like the amount of kids in one school that alone is wild to me. Like well, the, the number of students that are in like, cause and your high school is divided up two years. Well, I, we went, to your, we went yeah. to your brothers and there were like six rows of people graduating. I remember some like probably your uncle or someone being like, I'm sorry, this is going to take so long. I'm like, this is nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, this uh, again, we're going off in weird tangents, but I like it. Today we are doing 2013's Frozen. Yes, um, the like Disney phenomenon that weirdly brought Disney animated back in a lot of ways. I feel like I mean they were doing good stuff with Tangled and Wreck It Ralph, but this was such a this had this like took over everything. Like, yeah, and was everywhere, which we're gonna go into in a little bit. There was a time when you know everybody was. Uh, like the song was so huge. Yeah, I've got lots of stuff on that. I'm actually curious though before we get into all of that, what is everyone's connections with the movie? Yeah, Tash, why did you want to do pick this one? We asked you for uh we want to do the the Brandy Cinderella. She's coming back for yes, that one. Yeah, we wanted we, to yes. do that this We year. still have you on for that. We're just like are figuring out where to put it in the schedule, but I'm really excited yeah, for that yeah. one. Yeah, I am too. I love I love that one. Um but as far as Frozen goes, um, like Ryan said, it did kind of like, yeah, Tangled came out and I'll be really honest, Tangled is probably my favorite of the newer Disney animation movies and everything. Um, but like when Frozen came out, I just, I really enjoyed how it took that spin of like, you know, true love from being true love with you know, someone that you're romantically interested in and then true love with, you know, your true love can be your sister. You, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Or right. Like, yeah. Like the- just that, that kind of unconditional and true love that you have between siblings and stuff like that. And I don't know, it just, I mean, I still tear up when I watch it and towards the end and everything, like when, when she like puts her hand up and everything to help save Elsa from, Hans or whatever. Yeah. It just touched. It just Hans. gets me right here, right in my heart. Yeah. And I think that's one of the many reasons it was so successful mm. is it did yeah. take that spin on it. We saw it in the theater. We did because I think we were talking about this last episode where we saw Wreck-It Ralph together and I was like, this movie speaks to me in such a huge way that yeah. I was like back on the Disney train. Well, and we saw it with friends. We saw it with. Oh, do we see with uh, Amanda? Emily and Ryan. Who did we see this with? I don't remember. Emily and Ryan. I very minorly remember the theater experience of this. I remember I saw it in a theater with you. Yeah. I also, like, I, the there's several lines with Olaf that I still laugh at that I died at in the theater. The, the nope, like, like that, that one I love. And there's, like, one or two more <laughs> that, like, really got me in a genuine way when we saw it in the theater. I also, like, didn't... I, seeing it in the theater too didn't really know what we were in for right we kind of you know like you saw the trailers or whatever but again like the twist with the villain was a big one the twist with like the unconditional love being about sisters I think was you know wasn't focused on as much in the trailers I think a lot of the trailers were Olaf weren't they yes that was a big thing with this one is this is kind of the reason it's called Frozen and not you know the Snow Queen or the Ice Queen or whatever the original you know fairy tale was called the Snow um, Queen is the original. Yes, the deep 
you know, a lot of the goofy humor is stuff they kind of added. There's a line in the making of I saw from the directors where she would, they were like, the director said, uh, you know, oh, we put more humor in here than we originally expected to, which to me felt like a company mad mandate mm. because that's why it was called Tangled. That's why Flynn Rider was in it. It was like it was trying we need to, to appeal to boys. We need yeah. to appeal. We don't do yeah because they did Princess and the Frog, which was a very earnest, sincere uh, princess movie, and it didn't do very well. And so, like their result from that was like princess movies are out, go the other way. And yeah. the interesting part about this one was what I think worked so well for it was the earnest princess story but also the like you know the gir- the quote unquote girly stuff that they were like trying to push out the like sisters being a bigger thing than like mm-hmm. you know because it was still feminine but at the same time not the same stuff that was the tradition it wasn't you know a man's gonna come and he's gonna save everything for you it's like no we're yeah. gonna reconnect you and me our, our sisters that's what's important that's love and that's equal yeah. if not more important than the other ones there's also the huge like uh queer like coding of let it go and the the sister and all that stuff and like the whole thing where they're like let elsa have a girlfriend was like a big twitter push and the fact that she didn't have one in frozen two people were upset with there's the whole have you ever seen the kate mckinnon as elsa no on saturday live where she comes she's like oh i yeah she goes she goes Anna, Anna, where are you? I'm gay. Like she just keeps going. Yeah. Like she'll just throw in like I'm gay into like yeah. lines. She became this like queer icon in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. it was a lot of like hiding who you are and then being free of it and feeling like yourself for the first time. Yeah. I think I, you know, it's it's sometimes it's hard for me to speak on these things because You're, straight white guy. Yeah, but like that's I even I like it's so good and clear to me that even I was like, oh, Elsa's gay, and it's always funny when Disney's like. Meh, you know we don't we need to focus test this a little bit before we actually give elsa a girlfriend but there's there was a big twitter thing where in frozen if they ever do frozen three it's like give elsa a girlfriend yeah well um i've got like just like stats for box office and stuff if we want to start there and then jump in but i completely forgot to look up you do that i'll look up the other movies in 2013 so it got a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, 75 on Metacritic. I thought it was an interesting jump in percentage. But the box office I read was somewhere, I read different numbers. It was definitely 1.2 and then the numbers after that change. But 1.2 billion worldwide was the gross for this Good movie. Lord. And when it came out, it was, uh, I've got it here now. Of course, I have to find it. Tara, it's number one this year. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, so it was the number one movie in 2013. But I had a couple other facts about it. And now I can't find above them. above number two, Iron Man three, and number three, Despicable Me two. Yeah. Uh. Oh, here it is. Yeah, yeah. highest grossing for 2013. It's the it when it came out was the fifth highest grossing film of all time. Mm-hmm. So like that's of everything, mm-hmm. which I thought was crazy, and it was the highest grossing animated film worldwide so it beat out toy story 3 when it came out it was high and now i don't know those stats have probably changed and but that's thing, when it came out i mean the merchandise yeah. on this alone is huge how many girls did you see oh i've not got even during specific, halloween i've got specifics facts about yeah. the merchandise yeah but you guys remember like it was just every girl had to have an elsa yeah 
dress or whatever. Yeah. And we mentioned this earlier, but it was adapted from the Snow Queen, which was Hans Christian Andersen in 1844 is when it was written. It won two Oscars. It won Best Animated um, Movie and also Best Original Song, Let It Go. Mm -hmm. And talking about the merchandise, the massive popularity, I don't really remember this, but I also wasn't going out shopping for Frozen merch. (laughs) But the merch shortage in 2014, it was so crazy because they didn't expect it to Mm -hmm. be this huge hit that there was a shortage and prices of dolls and costumes were over a thousand dollars on eBay. So people were buying, people were reselling and people were buying (laughs) until like November of 2014. It was almost a year after the movie came out. They finally resolved the shortage and were able to, I guess, get it back in a place. But apparently, yeah, apparently it was wild with that. I read that they sold over 3 million costumes in North America. So going back to like the dresses and the costumes, which I thought was wild. Uh, Another thing was the wait times for the meet and greet at the parks. And this isn't just like here, but the parks worldwide exceeded four hours to meet the characters. And so it forced management to extend what was a temporary film promotion. So they weren't supposed to be in the parks full time. It was supposed to be temporary. And that's what led to the retheming of the ride at Epcot. So that's kind of what pushed for that. I like Frozen a lot, but I will say I the, know, I the, the loss that. of the Maelstrom. I know the Norway ride is is hurts me because it's there's that whole two seconds where there you go into Troll Land, yeah, and it's like the th- you know how much I love Norwegian trolls. Mm-hmm. We got to watch Troll Hunter this year. Yes, um, <laughs> I love I, I you know they've still got all the other stuff, but the ride has taken that. I will say I've seen a few ride throughs, and it's pretty you know not to do a frozen but it's pretty cool i think they do some really you know there's a lot of because there's that one section of the maelstrom where you're you're going you see all the trolls and everything else is like in norway we have a lot of oil and it's like an oil rig it's like because yeah. the whole thing of like the world showcase is trying to sell you on these yeah try places. to go to these yeah, destinations go to these places. Get here's what's interesting you know like yeah. it's learning it's you know back when themes parks were more about learning but like um it looks pretty cool there's a great series that I'll probably post of stuff happening on. Um, <laughs> there's the, the ride breaks a few ways, and so there's things. So like their eyes are like it's like Olaf's eyes. He's like hi, welcome, and he'll sing. Do you want to build a snowman? Yeah. But his eyes will then turn into static instead of actually showing oh up, which is frightening. <laughs> there's another great one, and you'll have to go to our Facebook page to see this, listeners. But I'll do it for the ladies here real quick, where. The whole like let it go scene where she's doing the big arms. Yeah. Her arms break. So it, it only goes up a little. So she's like, let it go, let it go. <laughs> and it looks like she just doesn't want to perform like that. She day. Doesn't care. She's just like, uh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks so like blase. Just like, like going uh, through the motions. It looks so, it's so funny. And you, it's like focused on it for a while. So I'll post some of those breaks. I, I, does look like a cool ride. If you've been on the ride, let us know. I neither you've never been on the ride. Have no. you been on the ride, Tash? Mm-mm. Okay. So yeah. if, if anybody has, let us know what you think. Um, R.I.P. Pour one out for the, yes. the Maelstrom. Yeah, and so that was one of the things in the parks. The other thing it led to is in California Adventure, there was an Aladdin show. It was replaced with a Frozen show. And the other fact I read just about numbers, by August of 2014, Random House had sold over 8 million Frozen-related books. So that's like, I think, less than a year. I don't think it was a full year that the movie was out and it had sold that many 
copies of different books. It's Insane. like this is the. I don't even popularity. I feel like doesn't even do it justice. But like the way this movie took off, it's a phenomenon. Yeah, like it's beyond. Like it really is, and I'm I'm fascinated because I'm sure there are studies and people have researched it and stuff. But just those type of facts that I found out with those numbers were fascinating to me. There was also a musical that debuted. It had previews, but it debuted on Broadway in March of 2018, apparently to mixed reviews, but then closed when the pandemic happened in 2020. So it had. 26 previews and 825 performances before it closed but I think it also was opened in London and I think there are other productions of it so I don't know if it's currently on Broadway or or what but I was seeing like hey buy tickets now and stuff like that so I think it may still be in some places but it's yeah it's insane like and this is at the same time like I said it beat out Iron Man 3 so like the Avengers had come out the year before yeah and so, like, the bar of what success meant had changed, and then Frozen, you know, I don't know if it beat Avengers, but it definitely, like, said, yeah, we can still hold up to this stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I have a lot of technical stuff. I, I will I will tell you, normally, listeners, the way it works is Tara does a lot of the, like, reading research, and I'll watch, you know, the making ofs and things like that. Um, it's interesting because it's... Not as easy to find Frozen making of stuff behind the scenes as it is Frozen 2, because I think when this thing had such crazy popularity, they were like, we need cameras at every moment of every stage of development of Frozen 2. But did you watch the ABC? There's an ABC making of Frozen. I didn't see that. Because I came across it. So that, I bet, is on the Blu-ray. I bet that's why you can't find it, because it's probably Probably. on the extra features. What I found was a British... A presenter named Nigel Clark on his actual like YouTube page. He mm. had done something. I don't know what it was for. Um, it was kind of cheesy and silly. He had a bunch of dumb jokes. But I feel like they kept putting him... Like, they didn't run him through the usual stuff they did. They're like, I don't know, go send him to the riggers. Because he goes to the to the character riggers, which is when they're putting all the, you know, the skeleton into the character and making it so that they can move in certain ways and doing those things. You're mm-hmm. rigging it up so it'll be ready to move. And it was, like, clearly a back closet with, like, three... Like, it was not, like, that nice, pretty setup of Disney where it's, like, this is their office. It was, like, a bunch of Frozen merch, like, stuffed in the corner, like a giant Olaf. And then, like, it was where this guy would teach people how to rig. So he taught the guy how to rig. He goes, okay, press that button and watch his mouth move. And the guy, the guy was, like, actually working oh, in that's cool. whatever program <laughs> they work in, the, the host. And you could tell it was, like, very silly stuff, like, very simple things, like, I've, you know, seen people animate. But just letting him go, like, well, will you do it instead of just showing him. Yeah. The guy was like, wow, this is amazing. He's like, yeah. You're, and it was just Olaf in the T pose, which is the normal pose for characters just his mouth going like you know and just doing up and down and he started like presenting like that and was just having a ball and it was just funny to watch him go and find these people that were kind of not like it wasn't like you wouldn't see it would say like lead animator or Mm -hmm. blah 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 supervisor it'd be like rigor artist yeah fx like it was just kind of like the third (laughs) tier guys and for me and i think i i'll put this one up i say i'll put some up and i forget to i want to put this one up because i was like this is really cool because it is like these are the people you don't see and i like looked them up i found one on linkedin we'll see if he connects with me Mm -hmm. i was like but it was like the only place to find these 
these people. So I'll be going through a lot of the stuff they did. Um, okay. Yeah. Did you come across that they brought reindeer into the studio? I did not, but of course they yeah, did. Yeah, they brought oh, reindeer. Yeah, I heard that they did that. And then also they went to Norway. I don't know if you came across that at all I, in your... So, well, I mean, that's the Disney thing of the two things I know every movie does is they'll bring the animal in that they're and then animating they go somewhere, and then they'll take yeah. a two-week vacation yeah. and be like, we really caught the culture in our two-week vacation mm. to wherever we went. <laughs> um, I I learned a little bit about uh, a woman who worked on this uh, named Brittany Lee, who in this video was in visual development. Now, I haven't really deep-dived, deep-dove into her, mm. um, but... I she's all over the internet now. So I think she's more because anytime you see any like previs 2D drawings of Elsa or or Anna, it's her. Okay. And she did a whole big thing. There's a I found a uh, blog post from her. She had an old blog she used to have. She's on Twitter now. Follow her on Twitter. Um her pictures are beautiful. They're very Mary Blair esque in a lot mm. of ways. Um there was a huge thing about on uh, Elsa's hair, and so she came up with the final like kind of iconic design of that braid she has at the end. Okay, because originally she was like kind of a bad, not the bad guy, but she was like mean and sarcastic, et cetera, et cetera. So her hair was like short and spiky, and she's like she went through this whole thing with the hair, and she wrote this whole blog post where she was like. I'm an aerial girl. I always wanted to be a mermaid. I wanted yeah. hair. I wanted gravity to f- define hair. And the more and more Elsa changed, the more I went, oh, I'm I'm Elsa. It's really hard when you grow up thinking you're going to be a mermaid to have someone tell you you're an ice queen instead. Like she's <laughs> she's very well, fu- she's very funny. I think she's gone a lot of places. I you know for like Carly or any of the other like animation gurus. I'm sure I'm saying this name. They're like, of course, Brittany Lee. Because yeah. I think she's blown up since this. Well, and, and the aerial connection is is interesting because I read a fact. I didn't write this one also down. Also Hans so, Christian Anderson. Well, yes, Hans Christian Anderson. And I wrote a fact down. I didn't write this fact down, but read it. So we'll see if I can remember it because I usually have to write <laughs> stuff down. But Kristen Bell, this was like fulfilling a huge dream of hers since she was a child. She'd always wanted to be a voice. And when she was younger, she recorded like a box recording. Is that a thing? A box something. I don't know what a box recording I don't know. Is. I don't know that I'm getting the terminology right, but she recorded herself doing aerial songs and doing other things. And so I think she played those in addition to like when she auditioned for the part. And that's part of what got her her role in this. Now, she auditioned for Tangled, as did uh, Menzel. What's her name? I can never. John Travolta ruined this for me, and now I second guess how to say her name. Someone say it so I say it right. Adina Menzel. Now I wrote it down because Adina I knew you were going to have a hard I, like, time, and panicked. I panicked. I was like, I'm just going to refer to her last here's, name. Here's how I saw it going in my head. You would panic. I would make fun of you, and then you'd ask me for it, and I wouldn't know it. <laughs> so I wrote it down specifically for that reason. Perfect. But um, that's awesome. Yeah. But she uh, she also we mentioned this in our Tangled episode, I believe. She also auditioned entangled and I so I think they were both on the radar that they wanted to use them it just that wasn't the right fit but that aerial connection you know we talk about the little mermaid in so many episodes after the little mermaid and it's still so powerful that you know that connection is bringing people to this and it's their inspiration for what they do moving forward right I'm going to ask you to a question and, okay. and uh, you can be as vulnerable on air as you want to be, <laughs> but are there cassette tapes somewhere of Little Tara and Little Tash either doing any Disney songs or 
I don't think there's any cassettes out there. <laughs> there's no I evidence. definitely there's no evidence, but I definitely would sing a lot in the shower a lot too. I know my mom like I don't remember what song I was singing, but apparently I was belting it out. And she like, um, she like opened the door and like finished the line or whatever with me. And I was just like, mom, you know? And then um, I remember being younger and uh, like right after Little Mermaid came out, we would, um, and I think every girl has done this. Everyone probably has done this that has wanted to be a mermaid. But like when you're in the pool and you yes, like, I already know like where this you're is on going. like the steps or something mm-hmm. and you like, like go up, like you're going up on the rock and everything. <laughs> the, yeah. the wave crashes like, behind you. Yeah. And yeah. you flip your hair if you had long enough yeah, hair, which I did. Yeah, yeah. You flip your hair back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely, I mean, you also know my childhood friends. One of them was on the little mermaid episode. Yes. We sang and played games with all the Disney stories and we had like a sleeping beauty tag. You know how you'd play like freeze tag. We turned it into like sleeping beauty where you'd put them to sleep. <laughs> like, and it was like this whole like interest, intricate game. Well, you like, I, I I don't think you wouldn't want this share in a podcast, but we can cut it out okay. if you want. But like, I have a very distinct image of you as a child because your thing was you had the big headphones. Now it was mostly like Shania Twain. Well, and I was just going to say but- you basically <laughs> took it from me. I, there are probably videos of me performing Shania Twain, okay. like singing to hear- Shania Twain "Woman in Me" album. <laughs> well, I think that was the name of the album. She, did you hear? She um, just announced a new album, new tour, <gasps> and is getting ready to release a new song. No. So <laughs> yeah, I watched I watched the making of uh, not making of the like her. She has like a, a doc on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. I it's haven't, but it's amazing. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It was very good. I did not watch it, but I felt like I watched it. I know because I kept texting Ryan. He was not <laughs> home and I was like, oh, my God, and this and this and this. But her life is just really fascinating. And I was like, if she ever goes on tour again, I'm buying tickets. So now I'm very excited to hear that she yeah. announced that. That's super fun. But yeah, all this to say, yes, I definitely yes. was was that child. I don't, I doubt there's, I, you know, I have a real thing about singing in public. Um, I mean, it wasn't in public. It was in my living well, room. Well, that's what I'm saying, the like, evidence. <laughs> there is, there are the tapes of the, 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 the Ryan show where I pretended I was, I had a radio show. There's there somewhere mm, yeah. when I was a kid. Um, but just, just, that's that was just me. I, <laughs> I was just trying to, be, you know, help. I didn't want you guys to feel, you know, like I didn't want to be like, hey, r- r- say something vulnerable. Okay, cool. Anyway, and then oh, I no, just move that's on. Fine, that's fine. What were we talking? Oh, we're just talking about being that, uh, being. Uh, just the connections yeah. with Ariel and yeah. I So one of the next things I thought that was very interesting that uh, Nigel went to was uh, Evan Goldberg, who's an FX and technology guy on the thing. Um, now, do you guys know how mocap works, motion capture in movies? For I know the most how part? it works mostly from video Generally. games and yeah. like yeah. the general idea. It's the black yeah. unitard that has all the little ping pong balls on it. And it's all these cameras that can reflect only off that ping pong ball. So it's getting the data of how you move. And typically the way I've seen it is like, I'll do it and I'll run around and then they'll use that data to animate a character. Something they did in this. And I know they did this, but I'd never actually seen it. I think they did it in Jungle Book and Lion King a lot after this. Um, They will create one that's a, a device, but it's meant to emulate a camera movement. So they do the scene, they and because it's in a 3D world, it's not like hand animated where it's like that's where the camera's going to be and that's how you're going to see it. Yeah. You create it in a world and you create the whole stage and then you run the thing. And then they 
showed him how like this these three points emulate the camera and they made something that he put on his shoulder that is mostly just a stick that they add weight to so it feels like a camera so you have the same thing mm. as having a shoulder mounted camera and they put like a little ipad screen on it and they go okay we're gonna run the scene where it's like Kristoff is on what's the reindeer's name Sven? Mm-hmm. Sven he's on Sven's back and they're galloping through the woods and they go and like a frozen ship like falls on him or something or falls over and they get away and it's like all of a sudden, Nigel is running around with this like fake backpack, like trying to get the shot. And they're like, mm-hmm. "All right, where do you want it to move?" And they moved it to somewhere. Okay, as they come by, you try, and they just ran the scene over and over again because they can now with that. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, yeah, this is how they do previs for their shots. They'll do like, oh, this is a good shot here, and they'll redo things. And it's like interesting to think of the idea of this world like when you were originally doing hand animation you had to know exactly what the shot was that's what you were presenting and now it's like you can stage everything and then like like test live action. things out yeah yeah, yeah. That's and i thought that was that is cool uh, it was uh, again it was funny to me because they're like all right so all you really need for this is a stick with three balls <laughs> and you're doing this but like it just feels like you're holding like a so no, you don't get like real feeling camera work. Mm-hmm. So they basically invented the rig. That's just how many weights do we need to put on this stick to make it and feel. like have handles on it so it feels like the real thing. It was it was fascinating. Well, and also so it'll move because obviously something lighter you're going to move different than something. Yeah, that it's going to make the heavier. audience sick if yeah. you just go, hey, like the yeah. weight is going to. It was it was really fascinating. It's so that funny really watching. Cool. Like I said, the guy is so excited to be a part of all this. Mm-hmm. Um, I could just go through all my tech stuff if you want me to do that real so quick. So the the next chunk I have is all about the song "Let It Go." So I don't let me let me finish up my yeah. tech stuff. Then uh, I have some song stuff too. But the uh, do 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 the other big tech thing I had. I'll have to do two more tech things. Um, they did a snowflake generator. Oh yeah, which that is makes essentially sense. like creating snowflakes. There are two thousand unique snowflakes, over two thousand unique oh. snowflakes in this movie. Anytime you see the wind whipping by, they're like, pause it. You'll see every one of those is different. You're like, we do copies That's and stuff cool. like that. Yeah. But, That's fun. And they used it a lot in her scene where she's building her ice palace. Mm-hmm. And the way she does it, apparently they worked with the animation person. Her hand motions are emulating this, but it's how snowflakes are created in real life kind of like fractals going off each other and propagating in that way so that's 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 how it's built is kind of how it does in real life well in her ice castle i don't remember this but now i'm gonna look out for it i had read it's a look out for thing it changes color with her emotions Mm. so blue is happy red is castle yes red like a mood (laughs) ring but it's a mood castle blue is happy red is fear and yellow is anger so i found that interesting because it's not something i remember from the last time yeah. i saw it well one more thing to look out for that i have other things to look out for well, i'll mention later you but. talk about how i love to ruin movies for, for people so i'm going to do well, it for it's Frozen movie magic stuff yeah <laughs> when she takes off her braid and then she runs her hands through oh, it like this i've seen this the yes. braid goes the 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 thing goes through her arm yeah the hair just goes it's an impossible thing they screwed up there yeah and it's funny to me because i was watching the 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 footage where they like show it and slow it down stuff so when i was saying earlier before we started recording that that i watched about four seconds of the song 
It Let was it this four seconds and it kept repeating and by the end I was like, I can't believe they screwed up that hair thing and I'm like getting emotional because of the song and everything and I'm like, you fool. But anyway, so. It's not foolish uh, and let me dive into it because Ryan has always wondered, you know, this song not only is it very catchy, you know, it was catchy for adults, for kids, for every, all ages in between, but also the emotion that goes with it and there's a lot, there's this whole article that we'll share that really analyzed it down to the key signatures down to you know the different modulations and things like that and so i'm not going to go super into it but i'm going to mention i'm going to get into some of those reasons but before i go to that i wanted to give you some more facts about the song uh it was the fifth best-selling song in 2014 and the music video has over 1 billion views on youtube so one billion one over one billion. I haven't actually checked. That was what I read. I'm sure it's even more than that now. I don't know uh, what the number is. It was a top 10 Billboard Hot 100 song. It's the first time since Colors of the Wind that something hit like Billboard Hot 100 with Disney. So that was 1995 that Colors of the Wind made it to the I think it made it to number four on the charts. Uh, Colors of the Wind did. And apparently the song was written in one day. Apparently they were given an outline, and th- both of their names are Lopez, so they may be married. They're married, yeah. yeah okay. well, one of them is Anderson Lopez because she married. Got it. And like, yeah. Name. Yes. So I have a fact about them. Here apparently in a they had an outline of what they wanted the song to be, and it was supposed to be like this bad <laughs> song for Elsa. Like that was like the un unofficial like name for it, and uh, a bad ballad or something like that oh do you have to bleep that every time i gotta do this is a a family (laughs) podcast uh and they went to prospect park and they started you know talking and these different ideas and and so that was them brainstorming and they started coming up i think with some of the lyrics there on the spot and then they went home and wrote it which is crazy to me it's always crazy to me to think when you a song that is this prominent and this uh Notable, recognizable. I don't know epic. all of those this things. Is a, epic. Like, this yeah, is I'm a, trying to yeah. think. Of this is the up words. there with like, like this is a top five popular Disney song. Yeah, no and so when you think that like it, how it, the amount of time it took them to write something that was so huge. Mm-hmm. But uh, here is some of the analysis of the song and kind of why it gets a lot of us in the way it does because it also gets me too. Even when I was reading the article, I was getting emotional thinking about the song but not actually hearing it. <laughs> but hearing it in my head. Uh, And as a music therapist, I find this super fascinating because in general, the emotional connections we have to music, they stay with us throughout our life. I work with older adults, a lot of folks living with dementia. And so music connections are with us even when our speech is no longer with us, even when, you know, there are other things that we can't communicate. Music is still a way we can. That's another soapbox for another time. But I could I could talk hours about that in general. But this song has some of those elements in it, which Mm. is why it makes it so epic. But the opening starts at the bottom of Menzel's range, (laughs) her two octave, her, she has a two octave range. And so the lyrics start very mournful. So it almost tricks you into thinking it's going to be kind of this sad ballad, right? You don't expect it to be this epic, very like powerful, emotional, like where it goes in the beginning. And so as the pitch rises and the lyrics become more determined in the second verse, uh, the line, well, now they know, that's the highest note in the song so far. So it's kind of bringing you on this emotional journey with the melody line. 
So it's oh. matching emotionally, like what's going on with her. They're matching that in the melody line. So it's like crescendoing, but it's also like increasing in pitch. And so then the modulation on Let It Go, the melody rises along with her confidence and her emotional journey. So that again, like it's connecting you in lots of different ways. And the chorus only has three notes. And in the main refrain, it's only three notes, but they're close intervals, which make the tune catchy to remember. And that made me think of like Jaws. Jaws is two note interval. Oh. And like, it's super easy to remember that, right? No, it's not the same song as this. But when you think about <laughs> songs that have close intervals or melodies that have close intervals, a lot of times that's how they're easier to remember. And the chorus is also in constant climax, which then goes back to that emotional connection like you're in it with her as she's singing it uh they also go into the format and comparing it to Puccini so if you're interested in that it's in the article about uh turned I kept thinking how it sounded like Puccini yes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah well some people <laughs> look there's some people might get that so I didn't want to go into that here I just wanted to reference it but the, they go into it more in the article but another thing is the pace the whole song is allegro, so it's about, they said, 137 beats per minute. So it's a fast pace for a power ballad. So then you've got that in there, too. So you've got, like, this energy behind it. And then they also go into the specific key signatures, the different notes. So that's more um, more in-depth than I'm going to go in on the podcast. But I highly recommend reading the article. Whether you have a, the music background or not, I think it's very fascinating mm-hmm. uh, because they talk about, you know, they they would modulate here or they'd change the note here or they'd add um, a dominant seventh. And so those different chordal structures and the different way that they compose the song also connect emotionally. It was fascinating it was super super interesting it's fun hearing you get like technical on the like well if you want to hear me very passionate i'm about to be on a podcast in a couple weeks talking about all of these (laughs) things uh on uh foresight uh senior living radio but anyway that's a plug for that it hasn't come out yet but yeah no i i read this article and I knew, like, I could guess some of why this song is powerful, like the emotional piece, the way that they compose the melody. But then when you put it all together and then you have it broken down like this, it's, I, I don't know, it was super fascinating to me. I, I hope it was interesting for both of you. Well, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And the problem was, is I was starting to think about the song and then get worked up and I didn't want to. I saw wanna... you. <laughs> So you get a little teary over there. (laughs) But Um, that happened to me when I read the article. I was thinking about because they break it down by each verse. And so they'll they'll quote a line from the song. So they're taking you through the song, not line by line, but very close to mm -hmm. line by line to breaking it down in chunks uh, and analyzing why. Well, it's catchy. And, well, this is Kristen. Ca- you connect to it. This is Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez are, yes, the, are the, thank you. the husband and wife writing songwriters um, who had done Winnie the Pooh before this, which we were oh. kind of like, oh, we, we talked about it, Winnie the Pooh and we're kind of like, well, that's a big step up from like the yeah. most forgotten Disney, <laughs> yeah. like till 2011's Winnie the Pooh to mm-hmm. one of the biggest modern Disney hits. Um, their daughter does the voice of young Anna in, uh, is it Anna? It's Anna, right? Anna. I think. And yes. do you want to build yes. a snowman? And then oh, okay. Jennifer Lee, one of the directors, her daughter is the voice for the slightly older Anna. And oh, do you want to build a snowman? Which is 
that was another time they showed them recording and that got me to I don't know I was a, I'm going to be an emotional mess after yeah, this yeah it sounds like all of us are yeah. it sounds like we've all mentioned yeah. parts that we get emotional in this yeah. movie uh, I have a couple things to look out for as we're watching it. Uh, and also a reference. We keep mentioning their names and mentioning Hans Christian Andersen, but Hans, Christoph, Anna, Sven are all references. Get out of here. I didn't put yeah. the Anna, Sven together. I didn't either. Yeah. Yeah. I never would so have thought I of never that. would have thought of it either. So that's. I thought that that was kind of fun that that's how they, they did that. A lot of times they will do that with the original here, source material. They'll somehow put a connection or a reference in. Here's something I want everyone here to look out for and at home. Hans sucks. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah. is he's the worst major go away. He like we'll get into so it after. Have you? Yeah. Have y'all heard that theory? Because I looked up a bunch of theories because I that's what I like to look oh at. Oh, my is, gosh. Yeah. Please share them if you've got yeah, some that you want to talk about. Yeah. So I have y'all heard the theory that Hans is not the villain. No. Who's the villain then? The trolls. Wait, why? Because so. They're saying, like, in this theory, it says that the trolls wanted Kristoff to marry Anna. So somehow they, <laughs> they set this turned all Hans up. bad. And um, because in some of the supporting stuff was like, even when they go after Elsa, like, Hans, like, deflects, like, an arrow or something that they're, like, trying to shoot her with or something like that. So it doesn't hit her. Um but yeah, that I, ha I read this article just solely about this one theory because I hadn't heard that before. And I was like, what is this? So, um, but yeah, we can talk about it. Well, you have to, you, you'll, you'll have to post this. We'll watch out yeah. for it. The, uh, the, the one I have heard is that like this tie, how this all, like there's a weird combination of this and Tangled and Tarzan. Tarzan, yeah. Like that Tarzan but is there half brother or something well i think it's that he's their whole like full brother because right. some people are saying that the the they shipwrecked and then they got washed ashore and had tarzan yes that's but th them frozen 2 kind of debunks that whole thing well okay yeah all, all these theories are just like <laughs> they're just fun because they're weird but yeah, I do but like, yeah they're, they're fun it's like i what <laughs> exactly but there is going back to things to look out for speaking of tangled uh you spot rapunzel and eugene in the gates when the gates open during flynn. for the I'm first time him flynn, even though okay. his real name's Eugene. uh in the song for the first time in forever so we have to look out for that because oh, I, I thought they were there later what? They, did, you, did you know they're in there? Yeah, Rapunzel and yeah, Flynn I've, are. I, yeah, I, I've seen that they were in there, but I thought it was. Oh, I don't is it later? Is there yeah, a reprise of First Time oh, in no. Forever at the end? Because I know maybe they come for the cor for her coronation. Or that whatever. might be it. Yeah. I know they're in a crowd scene. Yeah, they yeah. say it's when the gates open again. This is just a fact I read. Sometimes they're not a hundred percent accurate, yeah. but we'll have to look and out yeah. for I it. I will say that kind of ruined Tangled for me. It didn't ruin it, but it did spoil a bit. Because what do you mean? Well, because when you see Rapunzel in this, I heard that thing. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I looked it up the picture like along before I saw Tangled, oh. and she's got the short hair, and I'm like, well, why does she have short hair? And then it's like, oh, well, she must. Oh, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, 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 you know. So. Well, that's just your fault because you watched. Tangled. Well, all right. I don't. I didn't think any blame needed to be handed out here. I know. I know. We were late to the game on Tangled. And I know, I'm obsessed. I will with say. It. I was it's like one of my favorites. It now was one too. of those I movies. It's it was, so good. It was one of those movies where I felt like 
someone's gonna be like this is a great movie you should watch it i felt like I, there was a lot of pressure on me to like it and then i love and i've seen movies like that in the past where i'm like it's all right like and yeah. i like, like the first time i saw hocus pocus i feel like i didn't like it as much because there was a lot of pressure to like it now i love it but i saw tangled and from minute one i'm like this is fantastic oh yeah like, we talked about yeah, it on that episode it's amazing go back and listen to the tangled episode it's great uh, <laughs> go see Tangled it's also great yes. not as great as the episode on Tangled but <laughs> but but close uh, so another thing this is just a weird deep dive that I thought you guys would find kind of funny apparently when Arendelle's covered in snow there's two townspeople that are arguing over the correct way to stack firewood should it be bark up or bark down now I don't remember that so we'll have to look out for that here's what it's based on <laughs> it was based on a heated debate in Norway after a 12 our TV program on firewood aired. (laughs) Apparently eight hours of it was a live fireplace and the network received dozens, no dozens, so it it wasn't, it was a heated debate among a small group of people but they received dozens of texts. Apologies to our Norwegian listeners, that was insensitive, I apologize. They they received dozens of texts complaining how the firewood was stacked and it came out about half, you know, Six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Like basically it broke even. Like people felt it either should be stacked up or down the bark. But like people were very up in like were very up in arms or were very adamant this is the way you should stack firewood. Understandably, it's yeah. a very important issue. Oh my so I thought that was very funny. Uh, another thing to look out for during the Olaf song, he dances with four seagulls. Apparently that's a nod to Bert and the four penguins and Mary Poppins. Oh, okay. so yeah, it's just like a, a little. You said Bert and the Four Penguins, oh. and I was like, "Is that some famous Norwegian movie I don't know about?" <laughs> no, like, no. what do you mean, Bert and the Four Penguins? And then the last weird kind of thing to look out for, but it kind of is a deep dive as well because it, it references something. It references lore in another. Um, I don't know if it's universe. You'll have to tell me in a minute. Uh, but the king pulls a book off the shelf on where to find the trolls and the book is written in nordic is it runes is that how you say Mm -hmm. it it's written in nordic runes and these were the basis for the dwarf runes used in the lord of the rings and apparently a map falls out of the book and it resembles the map of the lonely mountain in the hobbit so that's like a weird deep dive of another yeah another connection but that's That's, everything i have for me i don't know that yeah that was definitely for you i don't know if cash cares much about the lord (laughs) of the rings that was a hundred percent for you yeah um i have just looked up on our analytics it doesn't look like we've had any scandinavian people downloading in the last uh, well you never know maybe they will now once this comes out i'm gonna keep up my norwegian jokes uh i don't know i might look up some norwegian jokes i have one one further well a couple things i want to throw in real quick i decided to look up some facts about snowmen are you guys interested in hearing some of those sure sure uh so the first one is funny the 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 article i went to it's about the world's largest snowman which was in 2006 uh uh, uh, or sorry 2008 in a uh, in maine but has recently in 2020 i guess when the pandemic hit and people didn't have much to do in uh austria they beat the record so how big uh or how tall 38 0.04 0.04 meters, which is over 100 feet tall. Whoa! And wow. I'll post a picture of it. It's funny because near the top, its head just gets very thin because you can tell they're just trying to stack yeah. whatever and they put like dye. It's, uh, wow. The, its name was 
Risi, I believe, which roughly translates as giant. Um, we built one at Shenandoah with a bunch of snow in front of the library. How many meters tall was it? I don't know about meters, but I'd like to say <laughs> it was between eight and ten foot tall. Eight? It was oh, very big. Oh, wow. It was very tall. That's a few meters. Yeah. Um, I me- might be exaggerating a little bit, but it was tall. Like it was taller than like a six or seven foot person. I, well, I don't know many snowman I've ever built has maybe been two feet. <laughs> I was yeah, to say, you've been in Texas building. most of your life, so yeah, I feel like Texas. you're, oh, you're working at a handicap. Yeah. <laughs> I, the best, the best is whenever we get a, a dusting of snow, and I've been like out and about running errands, and you see like the tiniest little snowman built on a bench that They're like so someone cute. just gathered the snow that they could. Um, so that's the world's biggest snowman. The world's smallest snowman Ooh, was yeah. ju- was just over point zero one millimeters tall how do you even make that the scientists at the national physical laboratory in west london use the tools and knowledge at their disposal to create the tiniest snowman known to mankind uh, oh my gosh! It, it, it was created uh, using technology that was created for nanoparticle manipulation. Oh wow! <laughs> um, so there is a study that was published in the Journal of Industrial Engineers uh, about how to build the perfect snowman, based on some work by uh, students and faculty at Bluefield State College, where they talked about the ideal uh, snow should be snow temperature should be minus one celsius uh so that it has the strength to stick together but isn't completely powdery and impossible to form what is that in fahrenheit for us uh 30 degrees okay um so it's all this stuff about like the the engineering principles and how to how mm. to, exactly how to build it which i think i thought was interesting um japan holds the record for the most snowmen built in one hour Ooh. 2036 oh. uh done by 1406 people taking part wow uh and locals in Zurich, Switzerland, explode a snowman to predict the arrival of spring. <laughs> the tradition involves stuffing an 11-foot-tall snowman with straw, cotton, and dynamite. Oh, and my s- And seeing how long it takes for the snowman's head to explode. Uh, according to the legend, <laughs> the sooner the explosion, the quicker spring will arrive, uh, kind of like uh, Groundhog Day. Uh, where is that again? Zurich, Switzerland. Wow. Interesting. So I thought those were fun. The all uh, the facts. snowmen remind me of Calvin and Hobbes, like all the little ones that he builds. And one of the comics, oh. he's he becomes like Godzilla, and he's like oh, stomping yeah, yeah. all the tiny little yeah. snowmen. Is this where you try and pitch where people to come my, by our? Uh, yeah, I'll put a. Well, since we're talking about them, I will put a picture on the Facebook page. Our Christmas decorations are the Calvin and Hobbes snowmen. I built them. They are also what seven feet tall? You think they're no, taller they're, than me? They're taller they're, than Ryan. They're Ryan's, too tall. That was a mistake. <laughs> it's not a mistake they're great they're we, have just... to, we have to pound rebar into the, <laughs> into the, into the yard to keep them standing up <laughs> so they up. don't blow over uh, it was worth it hashtag and, worth it and when Tara didn't win yard of the month every year she goes I don't see anybody saying anything about my stuff people come by and say like wow that's really cool people are very nice but it's I not just on wanted, the Facebook page I just page, want to so shout you're... out on the neighborhood Facebook page I don't think that's asking the na- too much the neighborhood Facebook page is, is rigged <laughs> fake election fake news uh, um, this is a real weird uh well i have tangent one, we went on one more thing i want to talk about before we watch yeah um so normally we watch the the regular version on disney plus that's the idea okay i believe this has a sing-along version do we want to do our first entry into the sing-along version which i think all it does different is just has the words for the songs you don't have neither of you have to feel the need to sing 
<laughs> I mean, just, I feel like I've I, sung along to other movies in the past. I don't know that I want to do the sing-along version because don't you also put up the I subtitles? Think it's, then it's going to be right, subtitles right. over the song lyrics, and that's going to drive Listeners, me nuts. Listeners, if one of you listen to the, the sing-along version, let us know how it goes. Unless, Tasha, unless you want to do it. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That's fine. I did watch the sing-along version of Encanto, and I definitely sing along. I, I like it. I'm just so saying. wait, so is it different or it's just I, I think a, it's just it a the same thing when it gets the lyrics. It's a bouncing yeah. ball with the lyrics it, yeah, when you it get just to has it. The lyrics. It's, it's we just can karaoke. do that. I just feel like you also have the subtitles, which is gonna have the lyrics. So but Listeners, we can do it. it apparently now I'm it's being time a, to take the <laughs> apparently I, I'm being a little negative. I'm sorry. I was we can excited do it. For, I thought you were gonna get real excited about this. We can do it. Ryan, do you need the subtitles up? I like them because then I can tell what they're saying, but you know, I'm getting old and I can't quite hear as like I used to. Um, we'll do the sing-along version. We'll see. Okay. Well, maybe this is considered something to kind of watch out for, but it's also like along the lines of like the theories and stuff like that is um, people that wear gloves, um, they're usually hiding something. So like, you know, obviously Elsa in the beginning wears gloves and is hiding and stuff and then like she takes them off and like during mm-hmm. let it go and like that's her you know letting everything go and like not hiding anymore and then apparently um hans wears gloves too especially at the end scene he takes his gloves off when he reveals that he mm. is the bad dude so hans is the worst i know um <laughs> here's another fun thing that's just going to ruin movies in general for everyone Apple doesn't allow uh, mm. characters in movies that are villains to use iPhones. So if you watch a movie, really? if you watch a movie yeah. and someone's not using an iPhone, they t- there's a chance they might be a. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it's a thing they do. No, but you know what? It doesn't affect me because I honestly couldn't pick out like who's using what phone. Like I don't pay attention to that detail, yeah. so I never know. <laughs> well, it's funny now because I think filmmakers will. Because it's starting to get out there, they're like, okay, everybody here uses Android. Like they do, yeah. they will do stuff yeah. to kind of like Mask subvert or, your yeah. whatever. So I yeah. had no idea that was a thing. So there's there's a movie out there somewhere where someone's a, you think they're a bad guy and then they're revealed to be a, or they turn and then they start using iPhones and it's After like that's fact, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's something Apple said. You can't you can't have a villain use an iPhone in your movie. That's crazy. Well, gang, I think it's time. That okay. we take the uh, VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR. See you on the other side, listeners. Hello, listeners. We are back. Do do I do you want me to tell them how much you cried? I feel like every time you cried, you looked at me like don't. Don't tell anybody. I was more just like, don't look at me while I'm crying. <laughs> no, it was fine. It was fine. I cried several times, the most at the end. But the, I, I did when we were listening to, to Let It Go. I go, here we go. And I meant what I meant was I was showing that was the scene where she moves the hair through her arm. Oh, I missed that completely. And you thought I meant like. It's time to it's cry. It's time to cry because you went. Ah! Like, and like I you did. Didn't, you don't make that noise. No, I don't. But I did get teary at that song. How did yeah. How did you do? Um, I got teary at Let It Go, and then I cried at the end, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I even tear up a little bit um, during for it, for the first time in forever, too. Same, honestly. yeah. I was but, shocked at how teared I was up. To, I was getting at, do you want to build a snowman? Mm. Like that, that too. That was hitting me hard because I was like, 
she wants to be with her sister and her sister can't tell her and like you yeah. know that was really like getting me for some reason for mm-hmm. like i don't know um but i'm a big tough boy so i don't i don't cry <laughs> at anything you know, someday we're gonna do Homeward Bound, and, and oh it's gonna my be gosh. it's gonna be awful. Now, it's be are a you still fest. a vet tech? Yeah, yeah. So I f- forgot about that. That's probably a rough one for you. Is yeah, doing any sort of yeah, that's tough. Marley and me is tough. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Homeward Bound yeah. to me isn't sad. It's that, and we'll get to because we'll do it someday. But it's oh, it's, it's when spoiler for Homeward Bound. Um, when you think the one dog didn't make it, when Donna Michi's oh, dog yeah. didn't make it, and then it comes back, that was the first time I can I'm remember crying. Up right now, just, just talking hearing about, you talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I think it was the first time I ever like openly wept. Like after, probably I probably cried at things when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but like I think I watched it in like eighth grade, and I think it was at, it, the first time I openly wept after like letting toxic masculinity into my heart and being like, I'll cry nothing. Yeah. And then I'm like, he thought the dog was gone, but the dog's back and he wants to see his boy and he's mad. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, that was the first time I think I like let myself, because we talked about how in Inside Out, like I tried really hard not to cry and then I had a headache. And then you felt so worse I felt like physically ill. Like I felt like I had a headache Because you were in the the movie theater. I was in the movie theater. I'm like, I'm not going to cry. Whereas I just like (laughs) let it all out in the theater. Yeah. And and I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then like the rest of the day, headache, my eyes felt like I had a headache behind my eyes. It was just, I don't know what, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to just I mean, cry that's things a, from now that's on. That's a lesson for life. You got to let those emotions out. Now, speaking <laughs> about being a vet tech, Sven was not a, a reindeer. I don't know. You said that they brought reindeers in. There's no reindeer in that character. Yeah, it's he just very much acted like a big dumb dog. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. What did I like, sure- he remind he reminded me of, um, I used to have a German shorthead pointer who was very lovable and kind of silly and stuff like that. And had a lot of like spin mannerisms, if you will. And so when I watch, when I watch it, I always think of, of Hoosier when I see, when I see this movie. I now, love that. That's now, did great. you listen to our Turner and Hooch episode? I have not. Okay. Don't. But that um, movie makes me cry. Too. That oh movie, my God, that movie I, wrecked. It. I was audibly sobbing. Like, that movie, I was like heaving, sobbing. It was and it ba- and I knew on. it was coming. I even Ryan said, like, warned hey, me because I had never seen it, and he's like, "Hey, you need to know what happens to the dog." And even though I knew it was coming, I, it didn't matter. I I will say, as we yeah. were watching, I'm like, "This movie's really funny. Why don't more people talk about this movie?" And then we get to the end, I'm like. Now I know why yeah. we've kind of like all chosen to forget this movie because I was like, this is hilarious. Uh-huh. Like I'm really like enjoying this. Yeah. Anyway, so let's yeah. let's dive into this movie, which sure. we all, I, you know, I, I'm sure we liked it on this and I know we kind of didn't get to talk as much during the movie. What did you like thoughts on your on your most recent watch through? Um, yeah, like you said, it's interesting watching Hans knowing mm how he how everything turns out and stuff because even watching it again like he does like have an air of uh being genuine about everything at Mm -hmm. first and everything like that and um it is hard to kind of tell like when exactly he turns if you will and uh yeah but i think it i think that theory that i brought up before about him 
not being the bad guy and how the trolls used him or whatever. Um, I think it just kind of gets like tossed to the side once he like reveals his like plan to Anna about how like he's 13th in line and all of this other stuff. And this was the only way he would be able to like have anything. And when I think about it, when I was watching it, when they were um, singing the love is an open door and he talked about how like he's, I don't remember the line, but something about how like finding a place for himself or a place of his own or whatever. And he like looks over Arendelle and I was like, oh, that might be kind of telling right there. It, yeah, it was interesting to me because like I was talking about it was very noticeable for me. Now, they don't hint his turn at all. I think there's no way anyone would go in going, this guy's got something else going I on, think which I think is great. Like the subtlety yeah. that she's mentioning, but is it's only very slight. If you've seen yeah, it, if you've seen yeah, it and you know, you, see it, you mm-hmm. can pick up on things. And I think yeah. that's cool because it means like they were thinking about it when they did it. It wasn't like, you know, oh, we'll just do a twist here. Um, but I will say like, he just feels like he's mirroring her. And that's, what's interesting yeah, is like, I can see that. it started making Kristoff like not to go into like good relationships, but like good relationships aren't necessarily, it's like, you know, thinking of like young, like, like early relationships where you're like, well, this person likes what I like. Or this person says yes to everything yeah, versus like yeah. challenges Christoph, me. Exactly. Kristoff yeah. challenges her, but at the end of the day, he's willing to like help her mm-hmm. and like, you know, like they go together much better. And I also, this movie isn't like, by the end of the movie, they fall in love. But at the same time, if in like, you know, it's a Disney movie, so they wouldn't do this. But if it was a real movie in the next movie, it was like something happened and they don't really see, like Kristoff yeah. laughed. You'd be like, okay, this is the beginning of their relationship, not the end. And that's more of a like adult relationship. And in the second movie, I think they go into I love Kristoff's song in the second movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, and I just thought that was interesting looking at them as romantic interests more. Yeah. Taking the heel villain turn out of it, like and how they work. Well, and the other thing is, too, is I do find the awkwardness of her and Hans when they first meet. And they're very clumsy with one another. And like that's very relatable, that like awkwardness and that clumsiness. And so it's it's interesting. They they put a lot in there to make you to make you root for Hans. Yeah. And which I think makes his turn that much worse because like you're on his side. You think he's with you through the movie. Like he's supporting her through the movie. We were talking about how Tara said she remembered audible like booze in our theater. Do you remember like the first time? I don't know if it was booze uh, or if it was gas, but there was definitely like an yeah. audible reaction when he says that line. No, I, no, too bad. There's no one who loves you. Yeah, there's no one out there oh, who loves yeah, you. Um, I didn't see it in the theater, but I do remember the first time I watched it. I was like, <gasps> like I definitely was yeah. like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I I got up and left. Um, like I feel like. I feel like I didn't necessarily think that he was Anna's true love, but at the same time, I wasn't expecting him to like be full on villain. Yeah. I think I liked this movie more on this watch through because I kept trying to get ahead of the movie the first time. And trying to figure out what was happening. And part of the reason, I'm going to be real real vulnerable here, part of the reason I hate Hans so much is because I think I was like, oh, what a perfect couple. And then I felt, so I felt like his betrayal to Anna was also a betrayal to me. 
yeah personally that's what yeah. i'm saying so that's I took what it I was, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so i think that's why i like i'm always like hans mm-hmm. and i think watching it now knowing because i think i was like wow how are they going to wrestle this like this thought that Kristoff loves here and, and like there was a part in my mind that's like is disney gonna tackle a thruple no is disney <laughs> you know like is is you know like what are they gonna do here like what's going on like yeah i, I don't i don't think i thought hans was gonna be the bad guy but i was like one of these guys has to like maybe there's a third woman who comes in for Kristoff. I don't know. So I think some of that was kind of making me not enjoy and it. Distracting you. And then yeah. this time I was like, I know what's gonna happen. And it, it and it and again, I was kind of like almost looking for little uh chips in the armor and I was like, No, they knew what they were doing. The scene we talked about where Hans protects Elsa from being shot with a crossbow. Hans does like look up at the at the chandelier. Okay, I can make it hit the chandelier. Like just for a second. Yeah. And if even if you saw that, you'd be like, I, I like one percent of one percent of people watching this would go, well, that was weird. I don't think yeah. They'd go, like, and it happened so guy. quickly yeah. too. Yeah. I yeah. I I liked it. Do you want to go through? Do your sure. Yeah. Uh. So of course they take notes, and so we'll kind of go through the plot here. And please like. Um, mention anything along the way but I love throughout the whole film but especially in the beginning the choral arrangements so even before we get to the ice like the actual song with the ice but just the opening was really beautiful and I kind of forgot that that Mm -hmm. music was there at the start and I really loved that and we get the title almost right away so and Disney kind of plays with this a little bit sometimes we don't get the title till like several scenes in sometimes it happens right right away and that's what happens here um and it's in ice uh saying frozen and the other thing I love about that ice song is the rhythm the movement of them you know picking the ice and dividing it up and how that matches with the music and there's a lot there that I I really like in the beginning I like that song if you cut that song I don't think I'd notice but I like that it's there you don't do you think it doesn't fit in no but it's like I don't know I I always feel kind of like this song feels so different from everything else like everything else feels very Broadway or whatever and this one feels like yeah we're doing a cultural culturally Norwegian song and maybe that's why it feels out of place and it's also like it starts the movie off making it feel like it's oh this is going to be about Kristoff and Sven Mm -hmm. like having them there early is weird I I also think they don't do a really good job of like Sven being part of the troll. Tri- I don't know. There's some parts of this movie that don't really connect for me. And I know I just said I really enjoyed it more on this second walkthrough. But there was like all the stuff like that. I was kind of like, eh. I like the song. The way that first shot of the saw plunging through the ice and you're in the water is mm-hmm. gorgeous. All the stuff with the ice. Yeah, all the the animation of the ice and all the little details too, even the little snowflakes that are in Elsa's hair when her hair is all braided out. Like there are so many really beautiful details. Don't don't get me started on her look when she gets the the braid and the ice dress like I you know if I was a kid that would have awakened something in me I don't know <laughs> like watching that I've like seen the, there's a, um, a video and it's old of uh I don't know what branch but uh like a group of guys that are in the military overseas and they're watching 
frozen and they get to that scene and they just all like lose their collective minds when like when she like lets her hair down and the dress changes they get like yeah. so excited and cheer for her <laughs> that's and awesome it's really it's really funny it's such an that. empowering moment yeah. i mean we're gonna get there I obviously mean, but obviously that's not what i'm talking about it's more like yeah girl yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's a holler moment it is but i think that's probably why the moment's so powerful is it can mean that for yeah it can speak in many like yes. it can you can connect there's to it in different a, ways an empowerment moment there but there's also like a just like dang like yeah. moment too but well i also like that they included the northern lights we see them a couple times but we see them in the beginning now ryan i know you haven't seen them but have you seen them tosh in real life yeah no. Okay, I was just curious. It's on my list, but I know you can also see them in parts of Washington State. I had a friend who lived in Spokane, and she caught mm-hmm. like got some pictures of them from there. But uh, I'm sorry, I feel like I have to say this again. I don't want to diminish the empowerment moment of of let it go. Fine. I just want to make sure people understand. I don't think it comes like horny first and then empowerment. I want to make you sure that's it. what I just want to make. I feel like, like you harping on it is um. I guess side, maybe, side. but I, I don't know. I just want more people have to be like Ryan doesn't understand how important this is to like women and queer people, and I'm just like she looks good. Like I just want to make sure that's no, not but what that's I'm part of she empowerment. Is good. but that's part of empowerment is feeling like confident and feeling good in your skin and like that's mm-hmm. that's that all goes with it i have more thoughts on her dress we talked about but we'll get to that when we get yeah. there because i have in, like okay i have technical like how with her dress but okay. go ahead. so uh we cut to little anna and she's so funny the like little ver- mm-hmm. i mean anna in general is a kind of a quirky fun character but her as a little kid is really funny and she's waking up and you know she's asking elsa if they can build a snowman and we see the magic of snow that elsa can do and then this is where the first incident happens where uh anna's going too quickly up these like snow banks and she hits anna accidentally and hits her in the head there's and kind of gr- knocks her a out a great skyrim meme that goes with this did you did, did- Never mind then. Well, I'll, if for you Skyrim fans, I'll put it up on the on the Facebook. Yeah, put it on. I want to see. And then we'll see. The, the, some people will get it, but yes. Yeah. Uh, but they they basically start freaking out. This is where he pulls the book that we mentioned at the start mm-hmm. and he finds this map on how to find the trolls to save her. And as they're running through, I guess the forest, they create like this ice trail and that's where Sven and Kristoff, we see them young with the guys who are cutting the ice and then they mm-hmm. follow. It's kind of clear. They don't really belong with the guys cutting the ice. They're kind of just there watching them yeah. and trying to do it. And then, and they follow this ice trail and that's how he gets connected with the trolls and the the lead troll the grandfather troll. so that's siren hines who you might remember from game of thrones as mance raider the guy who was the original king beyond the wall oh which is that's interesting a very strange like a very prolific uh, Irish character actor they're like we have to get him for this troll and I'm like okay that's not sure <laughs> yeah. it's a very interesting pick but whatever but he says you know I can remove all the memories of magic but leave the fun but that means that Anna won't know that Elsa has powers and he warns her that there's beauty and great danger in her power but that fear will will basically be her crutch and it's interesting really paying attention to that line and seeing how fear creeps up throughout this movie for Elsa mm-hmm. like yeah. I was really like attuned like tuned into that 
watching it this second time and like reading some of the facts beforehand. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting how they do that. And then they basically make her a shut in, which in turn makes Anna a shut in. It makes everybody a shut in in the castle. They yeah. get rid of most of the staff and they close the doors. And very rarely does anybody ever see anybody from the castle come mm-hmm. outside. And then the song, Do You Want to Build a Snowman, starts. Uh, we talked about this earlier. That's uh, the first Anna is the uh, the songwriter's daughter. Yeah, doing the track and the part where she's they showed it and the part where she's like into the keyhole like it doesn't have to be a snowman mm-hmm. like she does it in like a milk box like like a like a like <laughs> a tiny it's not a milk carton like the little ones you got for lunch. Oh yeah. So oh. I just thought that was funny to kind of get that echo or yeah. that muffled sound. That's cool. Uh, but during the song. They say goodbye to their parents. They're leaving on this trip. There's a shipwreck. And how they portray the shipwreck is... is really cool. Yeah. Like, I, it's horrible. It's a, people dying in a yeah, shipwreck. Yeah, but the ship's there. It's stormy seas. The storm, the, 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 the wave goes up so you can't see it. And it definitely looks like it's enveloping it. Like you're seeing it in the kind of in the distance. And when the thing comes down, the ship's gone. Yeah. It's such a good... And then they put like this sheer black like fabric or curtain over Mm -hmm. their portrait in the castle. And I was curious if that's something that was done when people, it seems like a traditional thing. I don't know if it is or if they just made it up for the film, but I thought it was an an easy way to show kind of what's happened without talking too much about it. Uh, And now the sisters only have each other and we see that the gates are opening for Elsa's coronation. And this is where, um, for the first time in forever mm-hmm. comes into pl- comes in as a song with Anna singing and excited and she's dreaming of romance and at the same time that she's excited Elsa's fighting back and trying to remind herself to conceal don't feel and she's trying to practice holding what is it like a septum a and scepter. or scepter yeah and I'm assuming that's some um, Catholic it may not be Catholic specifically but isn't that like that has not essence incense in it or something maybe i don't know it's like a jar but she keeps practice holding them (laughs) all of us very steeped in in (laughs) ancient christianity here she keeps practicing trying to hold them and freezes them and so she's trying to do it with her gloves on and so that's going on at the same time and then this is when uh anna runs into hans and his horse and Mm -hmm. i love this whole bit i love this awkward bit where like she doesn't know what to say and she's flabbergasted and you know she's kind of she's also like not really run into anyone right like friends romantically otherwise in so many years that i feel like for her it's a strong connection for many reasons it's also like yeah just a typical disney meet cute yeah like they've staged it that way it's mm-hmm. great like again i it's it, yeah and they it's make it, feels it like such a betrayal from exactly that. and they make it such a <laughs> they make it such a uh relatable moment right. i feel like too well she's like the most relatable disney princess in a very long time like the so- yes. shot of her waking up and her hair being messed up like i think she's supposed to relate to women who are not in that primitive like it, it, it's she's an example of the like she's an example of the uh like way the the, the idea of disney princess is kind of evolving mm, yeah and uh you mentioned you love the norwegian woodwork so i had that as a note oh, i didn't yeah. know if you wanted to go into that at all just like what you observed that you really liked well the whole coronation scene it's is interesting because it didn't seem huge 
It was like this kind of like small Norwegian, like almost longhouse, and then the 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 craft. I think it was a church. It was, but the, I mean, a style of a longhouse, oh, and yeah. that it was like kind of a longer. It, the woodwork was really cool, like the long, but it didn't seem like a huge, like sprawling Sleeping Beauty esque ballroom that goes on forever. It was a very yeah. contained area, which was it, like intimate in a weird way. I loved the uh, little choir up there again, doing the kind of I guess Norwegian choral. Mm-hmm. Um, arrangement. It was a it was a cool scene. Yeah, and so when she goes to do the part in the ceremony where she has to hold the items, they make her take her gloves off, and so you kind of feel panicked for her because you've seen her kind of go through this, and the, again, this fear of like this taking over and her not being able to control it, and it starts to freeze slightly, but she's able to quickly put the gloves back on, and then it cuts to the party. She's now the queen. And you see the sisters talking face to face for the first time in so long. And they're like equally as awkward as she is with Hans, Hmm. which is kind of heartbreaking because you saw how close they were as kids. And now it's like they don't really know what to say to each other. They're excited to see each other. It's like a weird thing that now all of a sudden they're face to face. And like Anna, they put them close together and she like steps back. She like steps to the side to have space do yeah well because they probably said don't touch elsa in the few times they've been together right probably yeah okay Uh, i I think they're they have a that's their meet cute in a in a a weird way but i like their energy there like it's it's so much more real and binding than the hans thing again looking at it knowing that hans and her because like i think superficially that's the like oh my god i like you and oh we're the best but like her and the things like hey hey it's kind of weird and they kind of like yeah build to like this relationship well and they have an emotional connection yes yeah, yeah. it's just they... and then i do oh go ahead oh i was just gonna say um you know i do like how uh, towards the end of their little interaction there when she like sends her off to go dance with um, the guy from Weaseltown or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, that they were ki- like kind of getting back to more of like a sisterly kind of like relationship. Like, like they oh, nice uh-huh. teasing each other. Yeah. Yeah. And she yeah. even when she gets dipped by that guy like she she looks back at Elsa and they're like smirking at one another yeah they they yeah. kind of are falling back into that relationship they do a good job in this of making a really good sister relationship that works well in yeah this. uh you- Duke of w- Wessel Wizzleton um played by Alan Tudyk uh who was King Candy uh in Wreck-It Ralph, who was Wash in Firefly, like has been in a bunch of stuff. Did you know he went to, do you know this this actor at all, Tash? Yeah, yeah. Do you know he went to Plano Senior High? No. He was like the year behind my sister at Plano Senior High. Oh, wow. Um, really? The, the report has been that he, like, because I, I, I was like, did you guys, because my sister, again, also was a Joss Whedon dork. And uh, her friend that, who went to like one of her really good friends who went to Plano like was the year above him. And they were like, I was like, did you guys know him? And he was like, he just kind of kept to himself. He was one of the theater guys. Like, that was it. That was like, I can't get anything more out of him. Like, like yeah. he used to do this or That's anything. But anyway, he's a Plano I boy. Had no idea. Well, and talking. Of- <laughs> hey, uh, talking about the relationship of Elsa and Anna, you said that they recorded in the same booth together. Yeah, for I, a lot know, of it. I like watching some of the stuff. It, it, they definitely did the scene, that scene where they're 
that scene we just talked about was together yeah. in the same room. And it was, it, I will say it was interesting because they had kind of a weird chemistry. I mean, they're not supposed to be like a comedic duo, so they don't have like, but like they were kind of like softly laughing at each other. They were also one thing I noticed and I don't, I, I don't know if, you know, this is just the world we live in where they tell, you know, two actresses in Hollywood, hey, the cameras are coming in today. Mm-hmm. And so they ha- their hair was all done up. They were all in makeup, and then they showed like Josh Gad and Jonathan Groff. Like not they weren't in the room together, and they, they had told if, if they had told them that the cameras are coming in that day, it wasn't noticeable because they were just wearing a t shirt and jeans. Yeah, and if it's just that like you know like well a woman has you know a, an actress in Hollywood has to look good all the time, unfortunately because that's yeah. just the patriarchy, whatever. But they were like really done up, like. They could have also been doing press for something. I mean, it could have been a million different things, but but yes. Just as someone who's seen a lot of voice acting, most times when it's just like... Yeah, you're in a sweatshirt, you're in whatever, yeah. Like, I am current, we are currently dressed up more than some of the voice actors I have seen who have come in and done stuff for video games, but... I just thought it was funny that they were like, if they had, that's what I mean, they had a weird energy to the recording that didn't come through the finished product Mm. so yeah i don't know if that was just like hey we're gonna redo this for the dvd or whatever maybe yeah uh something i loved about anna is the freckles not only on her face but on her shoulders like the dress she wears yeah Yeah. and you see it like here in this scene in love is an open door you can really like focus in on it but i was just so delicately done and it Mm. looked so real and i just love like maybe that that and the ice i'll obsess over in this one but (laughs) I always obsess over something. But. I'm surprised you didn't. Her hair in the braid looks really good because it's not a full braid and yeah. there's like ice in it. But I think her hair That's looks great. awesome. But uh, we've gone over how I feel about her look in that scene. Continue. Yes. Uh, there were Arrested <laughs> Development references, which was interesting. Oh, yeah. What was the first one? I can't remember it now. It's when she's dancing with the Duke. He does the oh, like. Oh, he does the chicken. chicken the yeah. Cha, 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 whatever yeah, it is. From, the one that. Um, has anyone in this family seen a chicken? The sister does that yes. one with that. And then sandwiches. Finish my sentences. It's sandwiches i just recently That's, rewatched yeah arrested development and they i think they did that between first. michael and the sister i mean they definitely did it before this movie yeah what i'm saying is is like i feel like that joke is made all the time now is like we finish each other's sandwich like yeah. everyone says it but i think arrested development did it first yeah so yeah, i think there's a third or fourth one in there and but those are the two we, we caught the chachi chas yeah is really good only because you recently like were like sat me down and were like we ha- you have to watch the scene i and love I the like, scene when all the family members do their version of a chicken at the same time and it's really yeah, good. That's great. yeah. So <laughs> and the mom has and she like <laughs> so, it's, it's so good no one here has seen a chicken is my favorite is his reaction to uh but <laughs> at the end of the song going back to prison uh hans proposes so it is very much that uh, accelerate it storyline that you see in Disney a lot where mm-hmm. this one even more so that's like oh, I'm going to propose to you and she says yes they go to ask for the queen's blessing and Elsa says no you can't marry yeah, a man you, you just ma- met but it is more yeah. than that like it's that advice but it's also like her panic because Anna's like oh all, all your brothers people. can yeah. live here yeah. he has like 12 brothers mm-hmm it's more people she could hurt. And, like, and more people that would find out her secret. Yeah. I, I do think this movie does a lot to like turn the Disney like princess story on its ear of like, like, like it's, it's funny because I see a lot of memes, you know, that are like that line. You can't just marry, you can't marry a man you just met. And it's like, 
then it cuts to like shots All the of princesses like every that, other yeah. Disney princess looking sad like mm-hmm. after she says that to Yeah. Me. And so Anne, Anna really pushes her. You know, she she gets her to the point where she's flustered, she's frustrated, she uses her magic and she starts turning things to ice. And so this freaks everyone out. People almost immediately start calling her a monster. She runs outside. She sees all the... Are they townspeople? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know how we were referring to them. But she sees all Peasants. the... Well, yeah. She sees all of the people of Arendale, I guess I should say. Uh, and Arendalians. She, yeah. And she just basically panics in this moment because yeah. she can't control it. She's full of fear about... Basically, her fears are coming true in this moment, too. Weasel- like, things are being confirmed, like people calling her yeah. a monster, her hurting people. Yeah. You know, everything that she was worried about is happening. She and runs they don't know across- how to handle confrontation or anything like that. Yeah. They have been so isolated this whole entire time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, Anna yeah. doesn't know how to... I guess, confront her sister about what she wants. Elsa doesn't know how to receive it or what to do to kind of like not be so scared. And then and they're just, also, yeah. yeah, sorry. They're also in no, the public eye too, right? Yeah. Which they also haven't been in. So like the points you make are excellent. And then you've also got all these strangers too. Well, yeah. Beyond, you make a good point. Beyond just my sister has magic. Like they haven't talked to each other in a long time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you add like also she's shooting ice from her fingertips, and she doesn't remember that because it was taken out of her memory. It's, so yeah, she has no recollection of that. It's funny because I think this has been spoofed and memed, but this has a real like X Men feel in like the like everybody discovering, which I know X Men has been used for like a a, a a queer allegory in itself and coming out to people, but mm. it's like the idea of having someone who had a this uh, uh, such a big secret living under your roof and like was right there the whole time it just this scene feels like it where it's like you know it's it's rogue touching her bo- kissing her boyfriend for the first time and he goes into a coma it's it's cyclops um his optic blasts like hurting people i know these are all touchstones that you're very familiar with i actually am like you know you're rogue. mentioning them do you know, yeah do you know cyclops yeah Oh, <laughs> I am married movies. to you. Yeah, and I am married to you. So, oh you yeah, know. I forgot. I, boy, he has such that's that Cyclops is uh, the prince from Enchanted. Oh, which you never know because this th- he's so engaging and Enchanted and in X. Well, I mean, that's Scott Summers. He's a if his mutant ability is to seem like a tall glass of milk. <laughs> um, but anyway, but it, there's a oh lot gosh, of that's, that's Addison's favorite character is Cyclops. That's his favorite X Men. Cyclops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this there's this scene is in a million X Men comics when it's the their their powers emerge and everyone's yeah. like yeah. you monster and then they run off and mm-hmm. join the school for gifted. Children. Well, and when she runs off, I think it's a really cool effect. She runs. She notices she can put her foot on the water and it turns to ice. And the way that they designed that for each footstep and then how it what it's called something right when it goes out like that. <laughs> I don't know. It was doing a fractal like that, a... Yeah, that's what I was like looking a, for, a fractal. A, a snowflake. Yeah. Um, I also like the way her cape looked as she's running away because it... I om- did too. I noticed that too. It almost... It, it's like... It looks so weird. It has to be accurate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's like they would have... If, if that's not like... If the it way was it looking move. weird, they would have been... She loses her cape or something like that. But it was yeah. kind of doing this weird... Because all you could see was her head and the cape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Anna almost immediately runs after her. Everyone's like, the queen has cursed the land. Everybody is 
basically not a fan of the queen anymore. And she's very quick to defend her, too, even though she's not known that she's had this power and it's scary. She still is like, no, no, no. She didn't mean any of this. Like. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, she's in her corner for moment one without even knowing all the history or the backstory. And I think it's because it's there's something there about like this one thing that was the one the one piece of knowledge they took out of her head was that she could do this, and it's like it didn't matter. Like adding that back in wasn't like you're a horrible monster because everything else was what was important to Anna. It's like yeah, it's like. Everything else is still there. Yeah, like, oh, there's this one thing about me, and it's like, I don't care. It's like, yeah, we'll deal with that, but, like, you're a good person who who we have great memories together, and we have mm-hmm. this, this, and this. I thought yeah. that was interesting. So she leaves Hans in charge after knowing him for a day, and is just like, you have to take care of the kingdom, basically. And then this is where Let It Go happens, and we all sobbed. We all cried. God. I don't know that we sobbed, <laughs> but we all got teary. We all cried. And the... This song, that letting go of the fear, I think that's the other thing a lot of people identify with in this song. It's so powerful when you let go of something that's been controlling you and now Mm -hmm. and you can insert whatever that is. But everybody, I feel like, has an example of that in their life of, you know, someone's controlling the way you think or the way you act or you have a fear or you have an insecurity or, you know, and it can go deeper than that. And I think that's another reason the song is so powerful. And you watch watch her go through all of those emotions to come out on the other side, not only looking amazing, but feeling amazing. Uh, did they ever do this song on Drag Race? I don't know. I mean, they may I have mean, trouble getting it from Disney. Maybe. I don't know. I, I would, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of drag shows. I would go to a Disney drag show. Oh, well, now Ooh. I'm going to start looking. I'm going to now start finding one. That would be really good. Because you know it'd be this. It'd be like Ursula. Well, it'd Ursula, be, it'd be I've villains. seen. It'd be, yeah. it'd be, I'm it'd sure be there are. Like, I'm sure there are. But now I'm going to do some more research because I'd love to do that. <laughs> uh, but it's it's the song is also testing what she can do. You know, and she sees snowflakes and she she's like she's seeing like what she's capable of. Like she builds a friggin ice castle like it goes from like just like creating snow to like using. I, I don't know. There's so much there and, and creating it one, not even on purpose to actually like doing things on purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, you know what I mean? Like because before she wasn't trying to create ice or anything like that. It would just happen with her emotions but during the song, as she's like testing her powers and stuff, she's finding out that she can have like purpose and and uh, like create something and not just it be a result of how she's feeling. Yeah, she does it with intention, you know, like yeah. there's yeah, there's there's intention behind it. I will. So this is the thing I want to talk about is one of the things she does is she makes that real nice sparkly dress. Yeah. So the implication is she made that. That's all ice. I guess snow. it. I guess it would have. I never thought about that. I never, I never did until either. this time too. I'm sorry. Like Tara said, I ruined movies for people. No, it's not. But to me, fine. I'm like, wow, she made that out of ice. Like that's like that's like the like. I think most people look and go, look at that ice palace she made. What a beautiful like tip top tier of her power. And to me, I'm like, no, the dress. The dress is ice. Yeah. Like making something that feel that's like hard iced is fine. Making a dress out of ice, no, mm-hmm. it's impossible. And she did it. She did it. Anyway. Uh, so then we cut back to Anna. She's lost. You know, she, she 
She loses her horse. She's frozen. And I love this whole scene. I love her frozen dress. I love how stiff it is. You were saying you wanted to cosplay as Anna, but then you wanted to make her dress stiff. Yeah, like it would be fun to cosplay as a frozen <laughs> Anna. Because uh, then I'd have to be Christoph when he first walks in. Yeah. in, the, in that the actually, old man Marley. we shouldn't have given that away on the podcast. Should, no, y'all should definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, we need to keep that quiet. Do that okay. one next year. I'll, I'll bleep it out. Don't tell yeah. anyone. <laughs> oh, speaking of, there was an Anna dress at Lucy in disguise. Yeah, I yeah. know. We walked right past. There's it. a big um, costume shop that has been on uh, South, Con- Congress. South Congress for 38 years, and it's closing finally, which is a real bummer. But they have been saying, you know, we're selling all our costumes by the end of the year. We're closing, and we waited till now to go in. We waited life. too long. But they had they had like El- they have a lot of uh, Disney stuff there, and yeah. they had some El- Anna dresses. That's I think I said that. I go well. You go. Oh, I guess all the Elsa dresses are gone. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just Anna's left. No offense to Anna or yeah. any of our Nor- Norwegian listeners. <laughs> but uh, she finds this trading post that has a sauna. So that was like a big... Wandering Okens. Yes, a big selling point. And she wants to go to the North Mountain. So she's trying to get supplies. And it's clear that everyone has bought supplies. He's trying to sell all his summer wear and mm-hmm. sunblock and all this stuff because he has a supply and demand problem, basically. Now, now did you two know that this scene was like... One that was kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say controversial, was one there was a lot of talk about because there's, there's, uh, people think that Oaken is gay and one, the, because it's, he goes, hello family to the family in the sauna and it's like one adult man and then a bunch of children and they think it's their oh. partners. Oh. And I think Disney came out and was kind of like, yeah, sure, because I think it was there back when they were like, we're just going to give you the slightest crumb of gay representation. But I didn't like, think, I mean, it happened so quickly. I don't, I didn't really yeah. think of how they were connected to him as I, a family. I think there was pushback from conservative outlets that were like, Disney's putting gay characters, which is, I think another thing is so funny where they're like, Oh, you think the gay character in frozen is not the main, <laughs> the main character. You think it's <laughs> yeah. this weird guy. Well, for those of you who like don't understand subtext. Yes, sure. That one guy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'll probably find some more stuff about that character, but supposedly, yes, that's his husband and his kids. Oh. Well, this is where we, we meet Kristoff and Sven now, mm-hmm. and this is where Anna meets them, and uh, he only has so much money, and everything has gone up in price because now everyone needs winter supplies and he's, in July or whenever it is. Yeah, when and this- he's a ice, he goes, I'm an ice carver, and, when, and, and, and this time of year, like... Yeah. Now that there's a blizzard, so I don't have money. Yeah. So uh, he gets kicked out, and then he sings the reindeers are better than people. Uh, sings the song to Sven, and then Anna shows up in the winter gear, and then brings him carrots for Sven and the ice. Is it the ice pick and the rope? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a. It's an yeah. ice pick and, and rope. Yeah, and she wants him to take him to the North Mountain. So he because he kind of mentions that while he's in the trading post that it's all coming from the North Mountain. All Mm -hmm. the snow and and what appears to be magic is coming from up there. And so he cannot let go once they are in the sled together. He's so upset that she got engaged on the first day. She starts telling the story about why everything's frozen and he could care less about that. He's so focused (laughs) on, I can't believe you got engaged. You don't know him. Like, what's his last name? You know, where does he live? All of these different things. 
What's his foot size? Foot size doesn't matter. Yeah. And pushing the like true love of it all. Like it mm-hmm. can't be true love. Like how, you just met this guy, like all that, which I kind of love that he does that. He challenges her from moment one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They run into wolves. Yeah. They escape the wolves. But lose everything. Lose Sled, supplies. Sled. And uh, this is when I said that him and Sven have kind of Han and Chewy energy. Yeah, I wrote that down. Like only Kristoff can understand him, and Sven's always like, "We should help these people," and he's like, "You know, kind of like begrudgingly." Yeah. Yeah. So So, yeah, so they have that. They and I agree, they do have that energy. And when they're in those trees and everything's frozen, and it's kind of making the the wind the wind chime noise. And like Sven gets tangled up in it mm-hmm. and it's like really beautiful. And those ice ropes with the drops. Yeah. And Anna says, like, I didn't realize how beautiful the snow was. It took me back to when we had the ice storm here in oh, Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I grew up having winters on the East Coast and then for so long have not had them here. And then we had a very freak thing where we had lots of snow and ice out here. And it was really magical to see everything like <laughs> not, encapsulated in ice. And then when it got to the second week of everything in ice, I was a little over not, it. Not to have but, the uh, uh, Texas power grid go down. However. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of, there were a lot yeah. of not fun things about that ice and snowstorm. But I, I will say ice storms in Texas are cool <laughs> because they, uh, it just feels like, it feels like the movies like this where it's like everything's in ice. Cause I remember yeah. times where like, cause what it'll do is it'll rain and then it'll get cold and there's not snow or anything. It, it just, it, it'll just freeze and then it'll thaw the next day. Usually I might have to see if I can find, I took so many pictures and post a couple because your it car's is getting cased in ice. I remember that happening to me once. It's like everything. It looks like, it looks like uh, Elsa came through and was like, zap, 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 zap. Yeah, like, but like cacti, yeah. like things that shouldn't have ice <laughs> yeah, on them have frozen, ice on yeah. yeah, so that I that's what that was reminding me of. I just couldn't interpret my note. But then this, then we meet Olaf, who still makes me laugh so much. Yeah. There's yeah, so many moments. I don't know if you hear her over my microphone. But. Yeah, there were a lot, <laughs> a lot of moments I was laughing. He, uh, Josh Gad was interviewed at some point. I'm sure he was interviewed a ton after this movie came out. But he was in a movie theater with his daughter and a preview of Frozen, like the trailer was on for whatever movie they were about to see. And she heard Olaf's laugh and she said, that's Dada. I want more Dada with him like sitting right next to her. And I think he started to like tear up because he was like, oh, oh my God. Cause, yeah, because she heard his laugh. And you yeah. mentioned you loved Olaf's laugh. And that's what made me yeah. think he has of a it. Good, like his like, well, it's not only just his laugh, but he laughs at like everything. Like, yeah, it, it feels like when you watch a movie and you can tell the actors having fun mm-hmm. like it felt like this character it felt like if you told me like cut and like oh and like you know the Olaf still started walking I was like oh I really like that scene like it looked like he was just having fun Olaf was having fun being in the adventure well and I read something too <laughs> that a lot of his lines were improvised to make the producers laugh so I think he just like kept going with things and I, that's why a, a lot of things were kept in or maybe were changed from what his original dialogue was. I, I saw one that didn't make it in because there's a scene where Elsa goes, you're alive? And he goes like, I think so. And in the, the scene I saw, he goes, she goes, you're alive? And he goes, <laughs> am I? Like, or something like that. And I thought that was so funny. It's really <laughs> like, good. It's really good. I don't think it really makes sense in that scene, yeah. however. Which has got to be hard when you do these things where you're like, 
God, this is funny, but I cannot put it like when Eric Goldberg released that thing like after Robin Williams' death. Oh where yeah, he animated all the bloopers and like mm-hmm. we could never put this in. Like, yeah. But, oh yeah. Uh, but Menzel, because I still Menzel, M- Adina Menzel, and Adina, I'll Adele Dazim. I'll get it. See, Do and you then you <laughs> say that, and then it messes with my brain again. Do you remember like the next year at the Oscars where they put them on stage together, and he was so creepy with her? Yes. He like held her chin. He's like, you're so lovely. And you could tell she was like, get me out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was oh a poor gosh. choice. It was. I'll post that. Some. It's it's poor. Very choice. unfortunate. Uh, I mean, but Travolta is a weird dude. But I wanted to mention her because she had something in an interview. She mentioned about her son. Apparently he went to school saying my mom sings. Let it go. Like mm-hmm. my mom's the one who sings that song. And apparently a kid hit retort the the witty retort back was so does everyone else's mom like everybody because <laughs> it was so popular so I thought that was kind of funny uh but we get into Olaf's song loving the idea of summer the song in summer you know he's oh my gosh I love that part so much same. it's really funny great. so you've never you've never seen summer what is the line he goes nope I love that I guess my you favorite. don't have a lot of experience with heat yes nope I love that. Uh, but yeah, he's mesmerized by all things hot. And it's just, it makes sense because he's never seen it. So it makes sense that like he longs after uh, heat and all things warm. And it cuts to Arendelle and the townspeople and Hans. Peasants. It, the, yes, the people of Arendelle. And Hans <laughs> is taking care of them. He's trying to protect them. He's trying to protect Elsa. Like he doesn't want them to like treason right he doesn't want them to to make her well they they're doing this thing he's he's well i think he's also endearing himself to the people because he has a long game in mind yeah and i and i think it's also interesting for the movie because it really keeps you keep thinking that the duke of weasel weselton is going to end up being the big bad. Yeah, because he's the one who's he's calling her a monster. He's yeah. the one who's kind of after Elsa and from, the from the start. From the yeah, from the start when he's dancing with Anna, and he was like, "So, do you know why they closed the gate?" Yeah, yeah. Everyone he's else is kind of yeah. Everyone else has kind of ignored that, and he's kind of always been suspicious. I mean, he had a right to be suspicious, it, but... It wouldn't shock me if he was, like, a much later addition to the story, like a later addition to the draft where they're like, we we can't just have this movie seem like it doesn't have a villain. We or have that to, Elsa's the villain. Yeah, we have to, like, yeah. put in... Because I'm sure the first draft of this, because I think they worked this while was, because that's the story. I think in the story, it's the Snow Queen lives up top and she's someone goes up to stop her like i think she's the villain in the original uh, fairy tale yeah at least she was in season four of once upon a time <laughs> when she's the back <laughs> and it's there's actually elsa and the snow queen the snow queen is played by someone from lost and i can't remember who oh. it was. you know who it was it's it's juliet oh whoever plays juliet oh, yeah. yes yeah did you yes. watch once upon a time or are you i did did you watch the whole thing yeah all the way not when it was on yes all the way to the end i watched so i watched like maybe the first two seasons as it aired and then um i stopped and then (laughs) as did most of america and then i started watching um i watched it from the beginning to all the way to the end when it was on what was it on i think it started out on netflix and then i had to change to hulu 
Hulu. And now it's on Disney Plus. Now it's on Disney Plus. And I almost started watching the new Once Upon a Time with that's I guess it's like an Alice in Wonderland thing. So that was a spinoff that took place in the middle. And then all of a sudden, some yeah. of those characters that they canceled after one season and some of those characters just show up and they don't do a really good job of integrating them. So all of a sudden, Will Scarlet from Robin Hood is like in the town doing stuff. And you're like, who is this guy? I, I keep threatening that someday I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write something up and I'm going to I'm going to not make Tara watch it, but I'm going to just sit here and tell her the, the, the season to season plot and just get her reaction on tape as an episode, because oh, there is yeah. there's stuff that happens. Where I'm like, and then this character does this and you'd be like, what? Like, why? Like, it, like, yeah, I, just, I definitely did that when I was watching it and Addison would get home and he'd be like, Oh my God, guess who uh, Rumpelstiltskin's dad is. Yeah, like- <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, that's a perfect. Don't- guess what I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm Addison in this. White today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great! It's 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 I I I I think I'll do it sometime as a mini tale. Just sit here. And I'll write up like a this is the thing. Yeah, a synopsis. That her what she just said there. Guess who's Rumpelstiltskin's dad is? Is such a perfect encapsulation because you're like, well, who cares? And when yeah. I tell you, you're gonna go what? <laughs> Even not knowing it. Yeah, it's that was perfect. Thank you, Tash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a note here that you want us to know what Glog was. I didn't look it up. Uh, uh, keep going and I'll do a they, search They here talk about Glog at some point when we're here with the townspeople uh, and we're seeing what's going on back in Arendelle. Uh, it's a cocktail, an old Swedish Glog recipe. Okay. Old fashioned Swedish, Swedish Glog. Guys, would you like to make some Glog? I bet what you would. It? The ingredients include... Up, no, go up. It describes what it is. It, go it, Oh. I was looking for the actual ingredient. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a, this actually sounds like right something there, I would down. drink. Uh, right the warm and cozy glog recipe will warm you up from the inside out. If you've never celebrated the holiday season with Swedish glog, it's time to rent it to do that. Glog is Swedish infused wine served during the holiday season. It's similar to mold wine. So I think I'd be, this that'd is be kinda, right up your alley. Uh, so it's. So first of all, this is a big recipe because it calls for five bottles of port wine. Yeah, this is for a party. <laughs> oh, wow. Or one really great A hundred proof bourbon. Yeah, one bottle of hundred proof bourbon. Oh my bourbon, God, you're going to be trash. One bottle of, of white rum, uh, one, oh cinnamon, <laughs> one cinnamon stick, one strip of orange peel. See, I feel like the, the for some reason the spice ingredients feel like it should be for a much smaller batch. Yeah, cloves. Uh, cloves, cardamom. Uh, white sugar, dark raisins. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot of booze, a lot of booze, and some some stuff. Well, well, well it keeps you warm. Yeah, That's what they were looking for. Absolutely, uh, to keep everyone warm. But Anna's horse returns without her, and Hans takes some volunteers with him to go find her, and they make it to the ice palace. Now we're back with Anna and Kristoff. And Sven can't climb the stairs, so mm-hmm. he's bummed out because he can't go because there's like a huge glass staircase to get to the palace. I love the whole bit where Kristoff is just obsessed with the cat, like yeah, everything made out awe, of ice. In awe of it. Yeah, I, it's his business. Yeah, so it, but I yeah. don't remember if they keep that in two. We'll have to watch out for that. I love his whole like, I wish there was more Kristoff obsessed with ice. I think that's. I, I don't know why I find that amusing that he's so like into the like there's all this crazy stuff happening. He's like, look at the uh, like yeah. I would love to see a thing in, in two or three where he's like sneaking off with Elsa where he's like, can you make ice that looks like like, you know, like, yeah, not sneaking off with Elsa. But, you know, like 
he's got a connection to Elsa and that he really is impressed with her powers. He's obsessed with, yeah, how the ice is created. Because also she's kind of put him out of a job because they're like, they've, you know, spoiler alert at the end, they're like, they've made you the official ice bringer. They don't need that. Just pat, 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 pat. She just makes ice whenever she points her finger. That's a good she point. She put him out of a job. She has ruined an entire oh industry in Arendelle. Here we go. And we're no, not enough people are talking Here about it. Here we go. This is the problem. Okay, sorry. All right. Well... <laughs> She, you know, they get to her and she's like, you know, I belong here. I belong alone because I can be who I am and I'm not hurting anyone. And, you know, I can stay away from Arendelle and everything's fine. And Anna just, Anna sees the potential that she's like, no, well, first of all, we need you back there because they're actually in a winter that she doesn't know about. But also she's like, you can change it back. Like, I believe in you. Anna has this, just this blind faith because of their relationship from Mm -hmm. when they were kids that like everything will be okay if we just do this together. And the fear that Elsa has of hurting her and hurting other people is kind of what stops her here. I mean, it's, it's, you see her naivete, like be a problem when it comes to Hans, but be like, something to help us save the day and yeah. like her devotion to love, you know, becomes mm-hmm. a thing that is good on the other side. It becomes a thing that is good. Yeah. I'm an excellent <laughs> talker. Well, and Elsa also, she thinks she's protecting Anna by pushing her away, you know, and she doesn't see the harm it's doing because all she sees right. it as is that she's saving her essentially. Do you guys think, I, I kept trying to think is the dad, the one that's kind of the bad guy in this and that he had this, I think they, 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 walk a fine line but do it in a good way of not making him see like you have to keep this down like he's not like a mustache twirling bad guy but i do think the things he instilled in her of like you have to keep this back well conceal don't feel he's the one who teaches her that yeah i think when they leave the trolls they don't really ask the question well how can she live with this and so they go back he says he says she'll learn to control it but they don't ever how is she going to learn to control it if they you know, basically like lock everyone away and don't give her the opportunity to do anything and continue to tell her mm-hmm. just to hide it. Like that's not control. Yeah. yeah like and control that just it. like feeds the anxiety and mm-hmm. the fear instead, yeah. which is what happens. And that's why yeah. the whole kingdom is frozen. Basically. And there's, there, one of the theories that I read does. Where are you getting him- these theories? Because I feel like people always come at us with theories and I like, I don't see, I see like certain ones, but like, is there was, like DisneyTheories.com or something? Like, no, this was on, um, I think it was on like Ranker or something like okay. that. Some, uh, but the theory was that um, he is, is kind of the bad, well, the theory is that he was going to use Anna eventually as a weapon, which what? I don't know where that, I know, I don't know where that theory came from or where there is any evidence for that theory in the entire movie, but that's someone's take on I think that's a f- interesting it. story. I don't think that's the story we watched today. No. <laughs> Do you know no. what I mean? Like, I love I agree. I love Most things of these like theories, that. I was like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about that. It's also funny because in my head, when you said use on as a weapon, I'm immediately like seeing him like, she's straight out with her finger pointed like this and he's put her foot again. Like, he's <laughs> holding her like a rifle. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, I don't know. It's silly. Anyway. But during during this whole back and forth with Anna and Elsa, she hits her in the heart. Mm-hmm. And we found that out from the beginning that the troll said she was hit in the head. I can help with that. If she's mm-hmm. hit in the heart, that's a lot harder to bring her back. And so she doesn't pass out right away, but she's hit and you can tell she's hurt. 
And this is when Elsa creates that snowman that Olaf yeah, calls Marshmallow to keep them out. That's his, that's his, his is name. Is that his yeah. credited name? Yes, Marshmallow. And so he chases them out and they wind up starting to climb down a cliff. Then they fall. They fall into the snow. And at first I thought they got the sound of snow walking perfect. But then I think it was just your hand on the microphone <laughs> rubbing it. I was like, yeah, like. Doesn't yeah, that sound exactly like the crunch of like. snow? Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, they got the snow really perfect. And then I tried to listen for that sound again. I was like, oh. That was Ryan. And then in yeah. my head, I was like, well, they should have used that as a sound effect. Marshmallow's got a really cool design. I think he should have been in the monster bracket. I didn't think about that until oh, just yeah. now. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Have y'all heard um, about the, I'm going to say it wrong, like the Diet Law Pass mystery or whatever? It, I don't remember when it happened, but they came across there were these people like climbing up this mountain and something happened and they found them like um, body parts, various <laughs> stages of undress and stuff like that. And they were trying to figure out like what happened to these people because they're like nobody could tell what happened. And um I don't know. I don't remember all the details, obviously. I'm like vaguely but, remembering this. Was it like a, a documentary or something on Netflix or somewhere? There's probably one. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like I've seen something about they it. They feel like they've solved. Um, they have a theory about what happened. And uh, the people who did were behind the technology of creating like the snowflakes and how snowfalls and stuff like that and frozen kind of were involved in um that technology was involved in trying to figure out what happened on the on that pass oh, and basically they think it was just like a big avalanche um that just came down and like just tore everything apart i know I yeah it's really interesting i feel like i know i've watched like some I don't know, not Dateline, but I feel like there was something yeah. somewhere. I'll try and about find that it. article. It was, um, I want to say it was probably sometime last year, but I'll try and find that article where they talked about how Disney's Frozen. It's, the title was <laughs> something like how Disney's Frozen helped solve this, you know, age old mystery or whatever. Now, That's do you guys, interesting. Yeah. Do you guys remember the horror movie that came out a few around the same time called Frozen about the people who were up on a ski lift and it, it, it's, it's a, it's a, fictional this isn't something true crime or anything it was the whole bit was they, they go for one more ride on the thing and then they get stuck halfway through on the ski lift and then everyone goes home for the weekend no and they're just up there yeah. and they have to get down there's like wolves down below but it was mm. just called frozen and it came out it was like it came out long enough after frozen that it feels like there wouldn't have ever been any confusion, but then Frozen had such a long tail in theaters. Yeah. It started becoming an issue where it's like one to Frozen. No, no, the other one. Like, you know, it was something where someone was, I I don't know if that actually happened or they're just close enough that people were making that joke. But like, yeah, I just remember that movie. It's like, well, we're never going to be the best selling movie named Frozen after this (laughs) came out. It was just a little tiny horror movie. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but this is where Anna's hair starts turning white. More of her hair. She mm. has this streak from the first time it happened. Another X-Men reference. She's got the rogue mm, streak yeah, in her hair. Yeah, there you go. This is an X-Men movie. Uh, and she starts getting very cold. And this is, he keeps mentioning his friends who are love experts. And he's like, I have to take you to my friends. And it winds up being the trolls. And this whole bit about them as rocks 
and about like him like hugging them and coming up to them and well, her their and names Olaf are Bolda and Clay. Yeah, and, and like, then Olaf stupid. being like, I will distract them. You run. <laughs> you run. I can't <laughs> emphasize enough. You have to run. Uh but this is where the song Fixer Upper comes in. And uh there's a line that says when you you make bad choices when you're scared, mad, or stressed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's Hans. Like she made a bad choice because like she was also excited, but she was, you know what I mean? Like she was having all those feelings. And so maybe she overlooked things that she might have seen otherwise. Granted, we didn't see any of the red flags either as viewers, but I don't know. I just thought that was kind I of interesting. Talk about it. I know Hans is a sore <laughs> subject with you, uh, but it talks about true love bringing out the best. And then they are trying to marry them at the end. And this is where she kind of collapses and they realize like things are pretty serious. And they said she's going to freeze forever unless an act of true love thaws her frozen heart. And I do like that. Christoph is the one that says we doesn't he say it first? We, we have to get, get you back to Hans. And I think at that point he does have feelings for her, but he he doesn't acknowledge them or doesn't want to put himself into it he's like no your true love is Hans we have to get you back to Hans we're getting to the part where Han says give me the money I'm not going to help you fight the Death Star and he leaves and then (laughs) Chewie's like you got to go back that's true that's true uh so now Hans is at the frozen castle and Marshmallow attacks and that's where we were talking about the chandelier yeah uh you know he tells her don't be the monster they fear you are and he does what looks like saving Elsa from an arrow but really we think either way he doesn't want her dead yet but either way I think it was yeah I mean if she dies cool but also I look like I tried to save her yeah there exactly it's like a win-win yeah no matter what the outcome like he comes off looking like a hero in it and so uh they are on the way to take Anna going back to them. It's a lot of back and forth here, but Anna in the castle and then Kristoff kind of drops her off and then leaves like mm-hmm. he doesn't come inside. They also don't invite him inside. I remember this part very specifically from when we saw it in theaters and you laughing at the part where he goes, they he, like Olaf sliding down the hill and he goes off and they're like, Olaf, you hide. So no, cause he's like, okay, Hello, and they're like, ah, it's a lot. I laughed at it this time too. I laughed at it this time. So good. Olaf has a lot of those little bits kind of like thrown in that are so funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is where we get that line. You know, she's like an act of true love. You have to kiss me, and everybody clears out of the room. It's just them, and it's basically like Han saying, "Psych." Yeah, it's it's basically that kind of a moment. Psych. Like, yeah. He's like, if only there was someone out there who loved you. And then he puts out the fire. Like, that just takes it, like, even oh, yeah. a further step of being like, yeah, I know. I don't want you warm. I and want you he, to die. And then he puts the glove back on before he goes out to be like, oh, here is, and I will say this again, Hans is an extremely good villain. His only promise is he's never seen a Bond movie. He, If he had not told he her revealed his, plan, his whole he plan, he revealed his whole yeah. plan, and then he, and he didn't kill her. He should have killed her right then. But he tells know, everyone like, he should at least wait until she dies before yeah. he tells everyone it's, that she's it's dead. The classic yeah. James Bond yeah. villain mistake. Yeah, because he, he talks about <laughs> being 13th in line for the throne. You know, he knew he'd have to marry into it. So his whole plan was to stage an accident for Elsa. And then, you know, he's like this kind of happened this way he knew he couldn't get close to Elsa but he knew he could get close to her so now you also know he's done research on them like he knows enough to know 
that mm-hmm. they were sh- that they were shut in. You know, you find out a lot more that he's been planning this for a lot longer. But he appears to be the hero because he comes out grief stricken and tells yeah. everyone that Anna has died right. and was like, killed yeah, by Elsa. Yeah, so now he's. And oh, and he lies about them getting married. Yeah, we said our marriage vows first. That's convenient. Mm -hmm. And sentences Elsa to death. And I somewhere in here we do see Elsa imprisoned, Mm -hmm. uh, and she escapes out of that. And Sven and Kristoff have left, and this is where Sven's basically like, "You need to go back." Yeah, yeah, in reindeer language. (laughs) And so, which is like Wookie. Yes, Sven is Chewbacca. (laughs) So (laughs) Olaf comes in to warm up Anna, and he starts a fire. And he says some things are worth melting for, which that got me. Yes. It's like, oh, he's so sweet and so kind to her. And so Olaf, they kind of realize at the same time, Mm -hmm. maybe she needs to kiss Kristoff instead. Like, because Kristoff, he sacrificed, you know, all of this to get her back to Hans. Right. So they go, they go off to go get him at the same time. Elsa escapes. Hans is chasing after Hans her. Hans is chasing after her. Elsa has created this huge like blizzard because she's so stressed out. Um, and they all end up on the frozen lake. F- yard. Yeah. And Kristoff um, <laughs> is coming for Anna. Anna is about to die. Hans is about like Elsa has given up and Hans is about to like kill her. And Anna, instead of going to Kristoff and saving herself, runs over and gets between Hans and Elsa. And as she does, she freezes completely, turns into the ice statue, and his sword breaks. And I was and, a mess. And uh, uh, yeah. in, in, in a bit of irony, non-frozen ice comes flying out of Tara's face. <laughs> Not just and mine. Just raining. I was a big boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <laughs> Which I think is cool because I didn't remember exactly how this all came together, but I like that you have to have a a, 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 a an act of true love. In other movies, is like someone has to show you true love, and I like that it was her act towards someone else. Yeah, was the act, you know, because you know Elsa cries, but then. Anna comes back because that was the act of true love. She's like, well, I, well, I, I love you. She's like, you did this for me. She's like, yeah. I, because I love you. Yeah. Which I thought was very cool. The mm-hmm. the people, the, the the court sees them. Yeah, she said they're basically watching yeah. from the kingdom, like from yes. out a castle window and they're like cheering and they're kind of like a crowd cheering and booing as things El- are happening. Elsa <laughs> realizes love will thaw everything and starts to thaw things, at which point I go... I think I said this in the movie theater too. Is like you better get off the ice, like yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna thaw everything. Yeah, and the ship comes up. At which point, Olaf o- starts to melt. Olaf starts to melt. They make him permafrost. Yeah, which I love that he gets Anna his own personal like flurry clouds, which is my favorite part in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't. Oh, he gets taken back. That's right. I was like. A lot of times villains fall from a high death or, oh, yeah, or a high die. height. Uh, he doesn't die, but he is returned to his country. And they also get the Weasel Town guy. They take him away, yeah. too. Which it feels like they're condemned because she's like, it has been decreed by King- Queen Elsa that we will never do business. Like, there's another part of the economy she's ruining. That you can't, <laughs> ma- like, there are, it's not just an export business, it's also import. Even if it was just an export business, you're cutting off, like, the the this is the, she's ruined the ice industry she's uh created unwieldy tariffs to other <laughs> other countries oh my goodness i don't think she's a good ruler that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying she seems like a nice lady but well she's, you know she needs some peace she needs to now that she can control her powers maybe she can focus yeah. on running yeah. the economy maybe that's what Kristoff should do she she should become economic advisor and not 
<laughs> the leader of a, of a dead industry. But the queen and Anna give him a new sled. Uh, yes. And they kiss here, Anna and Kristoff. And then everyone is ice skating at the end. She turns like the town permission. square. He doesn't just kiss her. Yes, I, that's and, true. And, and, that's but right. But they do it in a way that's not like, may I kiss? It doesn't feel like yeah, them looking at the camera weird. going, consent, which, you know, consent yeah. is important. However, it is, he goes, I could kiss you. Oh, I mean, I'd like to. Like, I like that he wasn't yeah. like, he wasn't like, pretending like he didn't want to kiss her he was just like yeah. oh well this is weird he's going back to they're having the awkward moment I was just she gonna had say, with Hans, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's more it means more now and it's more genuine because we've seen them through the whole thing so and then they have an ice skating rink do we yeah. say they have an ice skating rink mm-hmm. and we all had a good time um oh but real quick one of my favorite theories that i saw on this thing has uh christoph as a young hot santa claus oh okay let's talk about that for a second because that's something (laughs) where everything i see was like well like even when they were describing Kristoff, um like the the makers of the movie they were like oh he's a little rough and tumble and blah 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 and then like the movie they're like oh he's a bit of a fixer-upper Kristoff is hot yeah like what are you talking yeah. about? He's I know. A bit I mean, of a he might. Upper. I mean, he might smell because we can't smell him. I mean, he is like hanging out with the reindeer all the time. But I yeah, listen. but but yeah, they really I feel like, like that can be overlooked. Exactly, and they really get on him about a lot of things that I'm like, okay, cool it, trolls. Like yeah, he <laughs> he whatever. That's the most re- like him being. Like, but even the director's being like, well, he's a little rough and tumble. Get out of here. Yeah, get out of here. Like he's this broad shouldered blonde like and he's he's a self he he he's a a a, a small business owner he's kind animals he's a musician he's that's the other thing about this i will say this is serious um this isn't one of my my fake rants it is unfortunate that they have jonathan <laughs> did i what did i you set, set off? off siri somehow <laughs> siri picked up your voice on my what is phone a musician? um they've got jonathan groff who played the uh king in hamilton who was in Mindhunters. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Has yeah. a amazing singing voice, and they give yes. him a song I like, mm-hmm. Reindeers Are Better Than People, which is a jokey song, yeah. and half of it is him doing a funny... Voice. Sven voice. Yeah. And it is, it is the biggest problem with the film it is the biggest atrocity they commit in this film <laughs> and they make it up with one with with the second best song in frozen 2 is his like weird 80s ballad about being lost in love like they gave like a prince a love song do you guys remember yeah. his yeah like so it's 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 they they i don't think i love that song as much as you love that song i but... more like the performance and the like the yeah. music video look of it i think it's a pretty good song um but it's 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 a mistake they correct in the mm-hmm. new one by because again that that man has a gorgeous voice and they get yeah. like he should have yeah i was shocked he didn't have more yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, songs in this movie um okay so real quick uh this one's going to be interesting because you know we ask these questions every episode and uh for our purposes the first one how was the princess like I guess there's two print. I mean, it's there's two princesses in here. They're both in the B- Disney princess line. It's Elsa and Anna. 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 Well, and they both kind of have that role of what our prince and princess are, right? Like they're the, the main. They're the protagonist, thing, right? But I think yeah. We'll call we'll call Kristoff the prince here. So we'll say Anna and. and oh, because you won't dare put Hans in that role. 
Don't start with me. <laughs> um, I love them both. Do you guys have a favorite? Like, if you had to pick one over the other, Anna over Elsa, or yes. yeah, um, I like them both. I think they both bring, like, Anna brings like optimism and hope and everything, and Elsa. I don't know. Maybe I like Anna now that I'm thinking about it because <laughs> oh, <I laughs> not think- that I don't, not that I dislike Elsa, but I mean, I am that person. I'm a very like see the good in people and stuff like that. And so I can definitely relate to Anna, when, especially when she goes to see Elsa in the, in her little ice castle. And she's like, you know, I know she goes, I know you can, can stop this. I know you can fix it. And Elsa doesn't think that she can, but you know, Anna, Anna believes and she knows that she can because I think she does see the good in people. Um, what do you think? I I would say Anna. I feel like I can relate to Anna. Like to me, Anna's more relatable. I think that's by design. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I also know that there are many many people out there who 100% relate to Elsa. I think yes. it just depends on yeah. life experiences and you know kind of your background and things like that. I think I want to marry Anna, but I definitely want to go on some dates with Elsa first. (laughs) Um, But as I've mentioned multiple times, I don't think I'm Elsa's type. Mm, Um, And so therefore, just uh, setting myself up for disappointment. Mm. Um, What's the next one? Kristoff, the prince. I like Kristoff a lot. I do. I, I, I feel like we did just before we started this went into our whole what we. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I think the only he was wronged not getting a song. I think we just went through that. Yeah. But yeah, I really I liked him a lot. Um, sidekick and henchman. Uh, I think Tara has really expressed her love for Olaf. And Sven, I feel like, too. Yeah, both of them are great. Yeah. I, I th- just love Olaf, though. He's cra- every time I watch this movie, I just laugh at him the whole entire time he's on screen. Same. Well, it's interesting to me because I would actually put Marshmallow in the henchman category, but Mm. he's not like the villain's henchman. He's like, at that moment, the antagonist henchman in a lot lot of ways. And I think he's really under... I liked his design a lot, and I like how he fought, and when Hans takes the sword and cuts his leg then he's got like one leg like yeah. they did a couple things that i thought were very clever and creative with how he fought he's in the ride he shows oh. up he's the he takes the spot of the in the scene that used to be the troll scene oh okay it's him and a bunch of like smaller snowmen and it's like it's the ideas it's the scene it's all the stuff that elsa has created yeah I liked him. I think he's. I think I. I want to get on Team Finn. Like Olaf is definitely the sidekick you think of when you think of this. But I think mm-hmm. Finn again. I. I also love Chewbacca. I have weirdly come to love Chewbacca more since the new. Like once Episode Seven came out, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, you know, I love Chewbacca. Yeah. It's like this weird realization, but. <laughs> Uh, oh man this next one favorite musical no, no it's let it go for me like it is a song it 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 transcends disney songs for me i think it's got to be let it go for me too because of how emotional mm-hmm. i get but i love uh love is an open door too i really mm-hmm. like that one a lot yeah the only one i liked less this time was it's not it's the one after you want to build a snowman uh, the in the first time in forever. Oh, for the, yes, for the first time, and it has a lot to do with the way they write 
Anna in it. And she's like, it's totally blah, blah, blah. Like they make her kind of sound a little too modern for my taste in a movie where they kind of write everyone kind of modern. This, she said she called something like, it's totally weird. This is totally st-. like, it, she kept saying totally too much in the song. And I was like, Oh, eh. I can see that. It was I liked the me. reprise when they're in the ice castle and it's, the melody of let it go and it's the melody of that yeah. song for Anna that yeah. I liked that a lot well, those two together that's I like their I want songs yes hers is yeah. I, I want everything to be this and she, you know it's like at they're at odds with each other but they also mm-hmm. kind of boy I feel like in my back of my brain I'm like patting myself on the back like god Ryan you're killing it but it's like <laughs> those two ideas like harmonize well yeah yeah like yes. as well as the songs like mm-hmm. seriously there's like all my little Ryans are high five like, yeah you did it buddy um, anyway, uh, next question. That was it. Next question. <laughs> um, does it hold up? Uh, this is our questions. We usually ask, you know, female character agency. I think that, you know, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think you see two yeah. different versions of two very strong women. Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't think either of them are that, you know, it's it's funny bringing this up in, in with 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 us because uh Ta- I don't know if you said this on the air, but Tash has done a uh YouTube uh video series about uh uh watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer with her boyfriend. And we kind of talk sometimes about how for a long time like that was the only version of a strong female character in a movie was she kicks butt yeah like that was it that was the move yeah. and this well, one they've yeah. got two different ones who are neither that yeah i guess strong i don't mean physically strong yeah but just like these you have like a woman who's coming into her confidence one who's like consumed by fear and then like is overcoming that in different ways mm-hmm. and then also like you said about anna um tash about her being uh so optimistic and someone who's so confident in the optimism. I don't know. There's a lot of traits, Mm -hmm. I think, very strong traits in both of them. Not necessarily the physical meaning of strong, but... Yeah. Uh, Smoking and drinking. The only one I saw was the the mention of Glog. Yeah, but we never saw them drink it. We'll put a recipe up for everybody, too. Well, I did notice Hans, whenever he caught... Anna, when she was on the dance floor, he had like a glass of champagne that he like said. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he on did. A tray. Good catch. But that's the, really the only thing that I saw. <laughs> I don't, like. I think we do these with the idea of like, would a kid see this and be like, I want to drink and smoke, you know? Like, yeah, and I this don't think one is very. Yeah. yeah, no, there's nothing really in it. Um, not really anything guns or firearms related. I think I don't. Well, think, arrows I, and there's but, arrows. Yeah. There's there. Yeah, there's that kind of stuff. There's some like you know, intense scenes like that. Um, ethnic representation and this is something that's interesting in this because it was a lot of back and forth where people were like well it's Norway so it should be all white people and then in the second one they brought in uh, characters of color and I think in some cases had actors of color um, voicing some of the white the, the, the Arendellians and it's my thing going back to the Game of Thrones thing where it's this is my opinion um, the uh like when everyone goes, oh, there's a lot of issues with Game of Thrones, um, you know, with I'm trying to figure out how to say this in the most PG way possible. You know what I mean? In Game of Thrones. I think so. But all the all the uh, assaults of a certain kind on people. And, and everyone's like, well, that's what it was like back then. And I'm like, but this is a fantasy version. So to when you when you immediately go, this is not real. This is fictional. You make a choice of what to keep in and what to take out and what to add. 
So to yeah. this, when they go, well, it's Norway, but it's not Norway. That's a choice. I don't think it's as strong as the Game of Thrones comparison, but I do like that Frozen Two started correcting some of that, where it's like, yeah, let's just put a let's have a multicultural cast of some sort in here. Um, that's my opinion. I don't know how you two feel about it. Um, yeah, <laughs> you guys could be like, sure, Ryan, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of sad, but growing up with the shows and everything that that we did not being super diverse it's not and i don't necessarily think anything of it if a if a show or a you know a disney movie or whatever is not that diverse and i mean things are changing now to where yeah. they're starting to to put that in and um which is great i love it i would have loved to have more representation of of people who looked more like me when I was growing up and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I didn't, that's not, that doesn't jump out at, out to me. Yeah. Initially when I watch stuff. It's just funny to me that like in the next movie, they add a, a like a black character and yeah. like, whereas you say you see a lot of like pure white, pure white. That sounded, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, uh, it sounded like I had an agenda. Well, you have been very vocal with right. your agendas. Um, today. <laughs> so it just feels like it, it feels like, you know, you're like, well, I, okay, fine. And move on. Whereas all these delicate, ha 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 snowflake white people the second they put a black person in that they're like this feels off to me i don't like this and it's like yeah that was a big thing in the second one was like this doesn't make sense blah 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 but it's just funny how that works i yeah. i you know we like to point it out and i do think disney is starting to correct their mistake in a lot of ways and those kind of things um but i also feel like you said it, it's it's you don't watch this and think that a lot yeah because it is it is you know in a lot of ways um feeling like you're in these scandinavian countries and and uh uh again no offense to our norwegian listeners <laughs> i'm not trying to uh, stereotype scandinavian countries anyway um well we got our villain ranking coming up so okay. we will i'm listeners i'm going to explain uh just get everybody on board with the villain ranking and uh, you'll listen to a little clip and we'll be right back the infallible scientific villains ranking was designed and created by top scientists working together to establish the perfect method of devising a villain's relative knavery, cunning, and vileness. Each evildoer is judged in seven categories on a scale of one to five. The averages of each category are added up, and the resulting villain ranking tells us exactly where each ne'er-do-well belongs. Whether it's at the top with our queen Ursula, or at the bottom with Aconcagua, the grumpy mountain of Saludus Amigos. Here are the seven categories. Number one, frightening. How scary is this villain? Number two, funny. How often did this villain make you laugh? Number three, fierce. How much attitude, sass, and sense of style does this villain have? Number four, effective. How grand was their evil plan and how well did they execute it? Number five, design. How awesome does this villain look? Number six, go away heat. How much did you honestly hate this villain and want them to be off your screen as quickly as possible? And number seven, yes factor. Whenever Tara sees a villain she loves first appear on screen, she says, Yes! How often did you find yourself missing this villain's presence when they weren't on screen? Follow along at home and let us know your own villain scores. And now back to the podcast. 
All right, listeners, we're back. Everybody's an expert on the infallible scientific villain ranking. So let's start off first with frightening. Uh, he didn't frighten me. I, I, no. I, I think that goes towards what he, they were trying to do here, where he was supposed yeah. to make you feel comfortable. Yeah. But at the end, though, when he flipped the switch, he flipped it hard. Like he went from, I love you, I love you, I love you, to let me put out this fire so you die faster. But was that scary or was that like, what? Like, I don't know. I mean, your your vote is your vote. You pick whatever you want, but I'm just putting that out there. Well, I, I mean, I gave him like a two because I did feel like, while he wasn't very scary, like that one moment, like the fact that he can just turn it on and off. To me, is this that's is a, a scary, really good point? Yeah, is this is a scary um, and kind of frightening quality? So maybe I might up him to three. I, I don't know, two to three. I'm, I think I'm going to give him a two. Do you want to give him a three? I'll give him a three. Okay. What do you want to give him? This is when when we have two different things. Tara has to think. <laughs> I no. I was thinking of it earlier. The turning it off and on is scary. I've also. Um, dealt with people like dealt that dealt with people like that life. in real life Same. so <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. When, uh, when you were the heir apparent to the throne yes and you had, yes yeah, yes, yes. Was, of course that, that was that yeah uh but also like he is actively trying to kill her there is something scary about like he comes very close to making that happen right by just mm-hmm. telling everyone she's dead so no one's looking for her i think i'm gonna go with a two but I'm kind of the in between. I'm in between a two and a three. But my initial my initial gut was to go with a two, so I'll go with that. Man, this this one's gonna be hard for me because funny is the next one, and a lot of it is me just crossing me my arms and being like, I don't think he's so funny because I don't like him so much. But like <laughs> before he becomes the villain, like he's I got think he's some more comedy chops, charming than he is funny. Yeah, I think I Anna's say, funnier. Yeah, right. I but I don't think he's a one. I think he's a two. I give him a two. Yeah. yeah. I'd be fine with a two. We doing twos across the board? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything on here except for maybe one thing where I would give him a one. Just because I don't think like for the next one is fierce. I don't think he's a one fierce. Like he's a snappy dresser. Like I think like he's got a little bit of a little bit of something in him. I don't think I think he's probably another two. I think again, because it's charming. Like I feel like he's got this. He's got this air of confidence. Yes. And to me, a one is a lack of fierceness. Yeah. So I don't think he's a one, but I think a two would be a good one for me. Yeah. You, I'm not speaking for you. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm in between. Well, I was in between a one and a two, but okay. I feel like he does have this air about him and he does like command the whole palette. You mm-hmm. know, he has, I don't know, maybe that's under effective, not under fierce. I don't know. Oh, we'll get to effective. I have thoughts in effective. Okay. Okay, so you're going to go with two? I think so. Tash? Um, can I give half points? I say like one and a half. <laughs> okay, you you can't or give two. half points. So give you, I think a, okay, well, a then two I'll in that case, two. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the average sometimes does that out. Okay, effective. I think he's a four. And I don't think he's a five because he doesn't pull off his plan completely. But I think he deserves – I think if we're strictly looking at the fictional universe he lives in, I don't think he's a four either. But I think Hans deserves extra points in the effectiveness of how the audience was was fooled in this movie. 
how they spent like nobody went i think this guy's bad yeah like he's known for like effectively fooling not only the people of his universe but the people who exist outside of his universe Mm. in the real world so for me he is a four when it comes to effective okay i like that i'll say yeah a four what do you think tara and you can put a one you can put whatever you want I'm between a four and a five. Oh, you're thinking about giving him a five. Because of the uh, audience effectiveness. Because of like how, but maybe I'll put that under go away heat instead. Uh, oh, don't you worry about go away heat. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, because... I have an interesting. Oh, this this is where let the podcast me... ends. But let's stick with effectiveness for right now. Let me do a five for now. I might All change right. it once like we get it. into like the go it. away heat discussion. Uh, design. I think for me, he's either a three or a four because I think they do such a good of designing him to look like Prince Charming. Which is another way they fool you, I guess. Which which is helped to his fooling. So I think for me, that's a three because it's a pretty generic Prince Charming. It's either a three or a four. I think it's a hard three for me. That's a two for me. Okay, a three and a two? Mm Mm-hmm. Apparently... Tara was not as traumatized by this character as I did. Okay, next up, go away heat. So I'm giving him a 12. Here's so, why. No. Okay, well, tell you. Well, I mean, you've made it pretty clear you hate him. But yes. So I think he has more go away heat on the second watch through than on the first watch through. So I think. Well, we're judging this watch through. But do you see my point? Like, yes. Because I don't think you want him to go away. Well, until that I moment, then that, that moment, moment is go, so what? intense. I think you want yeah. more when you feel yeah. freshly yeah, betrayed. Yeah, it's a five. Yeah, I don't know why I was trying yeah. to talk myself down. But <laughs> um, but no, I, I do think like going into it on watch throughs after you know the turn, you don't care for like you're you're looking for where are the red flags, right? I think you're it's more, more persistent. I would say there's more there to me on this watch through. There's less yes factor. Because the other time you're like, oh, I like Hans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. for me, the yes factor is a one because I hate him. Mm. I gave him a one for that one. Yeah, it'd be a one for There's me. There's no chance where I'm like, give me more Han. Like, in mm. fact, when he's on screen, I go like, oh, this guy. Yeah. All right. I don't think he rated as high as I thought he would because I think in my mind, like. He was kind of tough to rate, the, honestly. The problem is, yeah, he has a, a five uh, go away heat. That's the highest I can give him. Where in real life, I want to give him an eight or a nine. Yeah. Um. So he has a nineteen point three. Okay. Let me check real quick where that puts him. Not nearly as high as I thought it would be. He is tied <laughs> with Mrs. Crumb from Klaus. <laughs> if you guys from the oh, that's uh, funny Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, again, I think- I feel like he should be higher, but I feel like the reason he's not. Is because he fool because he's kind of two characters, and it's also like he's not exceptional in the other. Like he's yeah, I, I will say like for a long time I was like he's gonna be so high up there, and it is. He's just one note. Like it's it's the yeah, he's it's not, the turn. That's he's not the... exactly one note, but he's not well rounded like some yeah. of our other other high yeah. ups. Tash, thank you so much for doing this with us. Of I know course. it's a good chunk I of time. A lot of fun. I'm glad yeah. you did. Um, yeah. We always ask our guests. Oh gosh, I almost forgot the last question, which is: Do we put it on the shelf, or do we do we put it in a clamshell edition on the shelf, or do we lock it away in the Disney vault? Well, we have it on our shelf. We so, have a copy yeah. of it. Yes. So on you the keep shelf. it. It's definitely a shelfer. Yeah. 
Um, now we ask our, our guests to plug something at the end, whether they have a personal project, uh, some piece of media maybe they've been enjoying lately, or just a general sentiment they want to put out there in the world. I was about to say general good sentiment, but I guess it's her plug if she wants to put out hate in the world. It's, yeah, I, I mean, you know. I, don't, I don't see that coming we, we from you. We found that but... you were optimistic yeah, uh, so and a positive that, person in, the, in this the episode. End, However, like, <laughs> everyone should litter, you know, <laughs> just something like that. But anyway, uh, feel free to plug away. Um. Well, like Ryan did mention earlier, we, my boyfriend and I started a, a YouTube channel where we're watching Buffy. I've seen it multiple times. He's never seen it. Um, we're like halfway through the first season and then had to stop due to schedules and we lost some footage and stuff like that and just really took some time to kind of regroup and replan how we want to do everything so that it is smoother once we come back. But I think we're about to start um picking that up again so what is the title of it um right now it's still my girlfriend made me watch (laughs) yeah which i'm not thrilled about because it it doesn't sound very wholesome but um it's funny because i thought it was you it was the same sentiment but it was you going i made my boyfriend watch like it was just (laughs) the same sentiment but like from your perspective yeah my girlfriend made me watch buffy so um, hopefully by the end of this year, we'll have the other half of season one done and we can go into next year with season two and everything. Now, and I keep seeing all these like Buffy references and stuff on TV and I'm like, I look at him, but he has no idea what I'm talking or he doesn't know why I get like excited about it. And I was like, oh, we need to, we need to keep watching. When we start something, sometimes Tara, it's like like breaking bad was one where like references went right by her and she paid no attention. Um, and then as soon as she like started watching, she knew like when someone said, well, Hank, blah, blah, blah. She's like, well, I know who Hank is. Like I know the characters. So it was like, all right, we got to get through this quick before something gets ruined. Yeah. For yeah. You. Nothing got spoiled for yeah. me. Nothing got spoiled for me with Buffy either, because again, probably it's- like him, I was so oblivious to any reference that was yeah. made. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Here's the, yeah. I will say something. Spoiler, spoiler alert if you want to be completely free on Buffy, skip ahead. But Tara didn't know Angel was a... Addison didn't know either. Because I before we started, I asked him, I was like, do you know anything about Angel? And this he was exactly like, the same story. It's yeah. Like, we did the same thing. Yeah. He was like, he was like, just that he's like the hot dude on Buffy or whatever. She was like, and, um, he's in the FBI and he helps bones do things now. <laughs> that's what, yeah. Addison, that's how he refers to him as bones. I was like, <laughs> he's not the one that's bones. He goes, Nope, he's bones. He's, he's socks um, and belt buckles. Yeah. But he, um, one of his friends that he used to work with liked the show and they said something about angel being a before we got to that episode. Oh, so, oh man. When I found out, I was like, you cannot talk to this person anymore. Like, yeah. they have no. Yeah. Thank, thanks again, Tash. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Gang, check out My Girlfriend Made Me Watch Buffy, which again, I said I thought was, I made my boyfriend watch Buffy. <laughs> uh, my Girlfriend Made Me Watch Buffy. Watch there. We'll put some links up for it. Uh, they're great. I've seen a few episodes. They're a lot of fun. Um, next up, we have the Lion King remake. Oh man, we're finally tackling it. The, 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 uh, <laughs> thank you so much, gang, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, take care, listeners. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you've got a Disney story to share, a bone to pick with us, or just want to say hello, 
call the Princess Diaries hotline at 707-YO-TRPD-1. That's 707-968-7731. You can send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com, tweet at us at trpdiaries on Twitter, or check out our Instagram at trprincessdiaries. Join the Facebook group to post Disney memes, vote in our Disney theme brackets, and meet other fairy tale friends. Facebook.com slash groups slash TR Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five star review. Check out pods.link slash TR Princess Diaries for all the places you can find us on the web including how you can support us through our coffee account or our Redbubble merchandise store. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh